walk on by, girls be looking like Debbie Fly. I pimp to the beat, walking down the street and my new the freak, yeah. This is how I roll, animal print pants out of control. It's Red Bull with the big ass fro, and like Bruce Lee, I got the clout, yeah. Girl, look at that body. Girl, look at that body. Girl, look at that body. I, I, I work out. Girl, look at that body. Girl, look at that body. Girl, look at that body. I, I, I work out when I walk in the spot. This is what I see. Sexy and I know it Trying to tear my cheeks. What? This is how I roll. Come on, ladies, it's time to go. We headed to the bar, baby. Don't be nervous. No shoes, no shirt, and I still get service. Watch. Girl, look at that body. Girl, look at that body. Girl, look at that body. I work out. Girl, look at that body. Girl, look at that body. Girl, look at that body. I work out when I walk in the spot. This is what I see. Sexy and I know it. show again today. Yesterday was one of those days. I thanked everybody on social media. I walked away from yesterday's show, kind of walking on air because I felt like it was such a good show. I mean, we came up with the the White House Weeble Wobble set. 
talked about a, a, a car for fish. A, a car for fish. Man, we had a good day yesterday. The, the new quarter with Maya Angelou. Oh, every time. Now, every time we say Maya Angelou, <laughs> swing and a miss, United States Mint Department. Uh, but, yeah, so we got another show kind of like that today. We're going to start off early with that kind of stuff, uh, but all kinds of stuff. Uh, we got Lake Tahoe Joe Murphy coming in. Got the NFL playoffs this weekend, and there's an interesting story out of Kansas City, and I want to get Joe's take on this, so uh, we'll get to hear from him and all kinds of other stuff. Let's get some good mornings out the way. First one here in that coveted slot was Mike D. He says, good morning, ass family. Straight Fire says, love me some early morning Thursday ass. Right back at you. Christopher is in the house. My goodness gracious, Christopher is in the house. And he says, good morning, ass family. Going to opening night for Scream tonight. That's right. They're re-releasing Scream. I've heard some things, and I'm glad you're seeing it. So my review should be up uh, tomorrow morning. Oh, and I got my advance tickets for Moonfall on Wednesday the 26th. So I'm looking forward to that one. There you go. Look at that. We got reviews for you coming out left and right. Before you can even see the movie, Christopher is there. Man, oh, man. Uh, Oh, looky here. The one and only. I like rabbits because you can pull their ears back and make them look like Asian people. Braddy Kid is in the house. Thank you so much for being here, Braddy. I hope you have a wonderful day. Omar... Mahajarifa, something September 11th. See, there you go. So, uh, all right. Uh, let's see. What What if the song was Want to Take You to Pound Town? I think that's what all songs are. Uh, Douglas says, good morning, ass family. Derek is in the house. Good morning, ass family. Mark in Detroit. Good morning, sir. Triple T is up in here. Good morning, family of ass. Douglas says, wiggle, 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 yeah. This is Jen's song. Where's she at? Then Jen pipes in. Morning, ass family. Happy Thursday. Morning, Jen. And, uh, yes, happy Friday Eve. So uh, let's start the day off right, shall we? It's T-shirt time? Oh, yeah. It is 1210. It's T-shirt time. Damn right it is. T-shirt time. It's T-shirt time. Everybody knows it's T-shirt time. So nice. T-shirt time. It's T-shirt time. Oh, my God. Shut up now. Hey, you hooker. I'm just trying to let everybody know so they put their T-shirts on. By the way, it's Jersey Day, too. Do you know that? That the new season of Jersey Shore has started? Holy shit. But today's T-shirt, I love this man. To me, he is the greatest baseball announcer slash sports announcer to ever live. The one and only Harry Carey. Let me hear you. Love him
t-shirt today. And the bottom part says Cubs win. Don't care about that part. I just care about the Harry Carey part. And I love this t-shirt. And that was my tribute to my dad there. So uh, there you go. That's t-shirt time. So have I done everything so I can start the show? Oh, 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 I got to give major props out. Got to give major props to Tommy. He and I battle a lot when it comes to food. He made a recommendation the other day here on the show, a place called Valentino's. So last night, the brat one and I uh, went there to check it out. First of all, they had gnocchi. If you don't know what gnocchi is, you better try it because that shit's good. It's like a potato-based pasta. Damn, that shit's good. Everything is fresh there. Probably best Caesar salad I've ever had. So, uh, got to give credit where credit is due. And, uh, yeah, Tommy, way to go. Way to call that one, buddy. Appreciate that one. Liked it because it, it, it's in Dallas County, but nobody's wearing masks. I, li- I like that. Because guidance will not change, they're saying. When it comes to uh, the wearing of masks, due to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Idiots say, well, we we, we better just keep wearing the masks. It's better that we wear the masks than we don't wear the masks. Have they not, have they not uh, stood up their end of the bargain out in the contract on making Americans wear all these masks that, that, that we had to buy, that governments had to buy? I mean, this broad's got two fucking masks on in this picture. How da- Look, this is the thing for me. I don't know about you. People wearing masks, to me, that just shows that... I hate to say it like this because you might be a mask wearer. And, and, and I'm not calling you this. This is what it seems like to me. It seems like you're a weakling. That's what it looks like. You're walking around. You're that overprotected kid at the pool. You know, when you see a ginger kid at a pool and they're even wider than they usually are because there's so much sunblock on them. Like, like the, the, the under part of their feet can even burn. That's what you look like. You look like the medicated kid in school. We, we all had that one kid in whatever elementary or junior high had to go down to the nurse's office every, like, 15 minutes to take a different pill, and he always had a little bug hanging out of his nose. That's what you look like. That's what we equate you as, because I remember a few years ago when the dreaded bird flu was coming out. Caca, caca. <coughs> You know, you see all these people over in Asia, in the Asian countries. I don't want to besmirch any country, whether Japan or China or Korea. I don't know. Over there in Asian land. I think that's what we should call it. That should be the new title for Asia. Because Asian just sounds so, we'll call it Asian land. That's pretty cool. But when, when the, the panic of the bird flu came out a few years ago, and we saw those people in, in Asia land, and they were all wearing the masks, even though it hadn't broken out. And we all kind of made fun of them. 
And by the way, I'm still making fun of. The the mask to me is now it now more than ever it's a show of submission. I hate to say it like that. Like I said, if you believe in the masks, I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm giving you my opinion, and I still want to be your friend. But it, it's gotten so far-fetched. I mean, it, yesterday we had a listener mail about, you know, Coachella and these events like that. Yeah, they're open, but you have to wear a mask. But it's outdoors. just doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, let's see. Uh, Raya says, we got an email yesterday at work asking us to wear a mask again so we don't have to shut down the school with the spread of, oh, oh here it is, Om- Omicron. Oh, we, we've got news on Omicron this morning, and it is fantastic. I got to get through these two goddamn mask stories. Mm-mm-mm. My Carrie's listening. For work, she said hi to you, uh, and especially all right. Well, hello there, Carrie. How are you this morning? I hope you are having a glorious morning so far. So, they're saying that hey, you know what? We ain't gonna change the guidance uh, or the guidelines right now. Every everything is honky dory. I'm sorry. Uh, we shouldn't use a slur there. Shut up. But there is this story, and and this is like. What we talked about yesterday, I, I can't I can't make this stuff up two days in a row. Once again, yesterday my lead up was there's nothing that makes me more angry than when I see the federal government especially, but any kind of institutions paying any kind of money to research groups to research the dumbest shit out there. Yesterday it was about a driving fish. I'm not kidding. It was about a, a, a driving fish. And I thought, what do fish need to drive for? So now, the University of Central Florida says COVID mask slash droplet travel. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let, let, let me read that one again. They say, uh, scientists say COVID mask slash droplet value. <laughs> Pardon me, detective. <laughs> Did we really need a study to tell us if we put something in front of our mouth that droplets of spit will not go as far? Wow. That would be like a, a, a dam, right? You know, when you, when you put something in place and, and not everything can get over. Maybe a spillway, if you will. They research this. And they. The, so here you go. Here, since I'm giving you the numbers here, um, how far droplets travel by face mask type? No mask, 4.1 feet with a cloth mask, meaning the first one is nothing is front of, in front of your fucking pie hole. Droplets go four feet. Now, if you put something in front of your pie hole, it cuts it down into half of only two feet. What? What? 
You, you mean you're blocking the area where it's coming out and it's it, it's a lower number? And they say with the three-layer disposable mask, half a foot. So so now, now what you're doing is instead of one layer, you got three. And it only goes half a foot. So, so one person puts their hand in front of your mouth when you talk. And then... Two more people do it, and then, like, four more after that. Yeah, your voice is going to be muffled. What the fuck are we... Wait, why are we wasting money on this? I agree about people looking like the uh, medicated weird kid <laughs> wearing a mask, and I literally just passed some guy in a van wearing a mask all by himself. That I really don't understand. I've never understood it. I remember the first time I saw it, and I was like, Wait, wait, what? Huh? I, I was literally like, wait a second. Did I see somebody driving alone in their car wearing a mask with the windows up? Let, let, let me just say, if you caught COVID driving alone in your car, you are that sick kid from school. You catch everything. You just talk to somebody with syphilis and you've got it. Good morning, Cowboys girl. Dude that, sits, uh, dude that sits right next to me uh, tested Tuesday night, then tested, and plus last night. I chose to work from home today and tomorrow just in case I got the uh, Delta Cron from him. I don't want to be that guy at work that spreads this dumbass cold Delta Tron. Come on. Are they married? I hate to ask this question because I think I know the answer. Do they think Americans are that dumb? I mean, I mean, it, why, why, why would you even? Like, hey, can the droplets go as far as if you cover your mouth? Well, of course they can't. Stupid. More. Damn, I'm almost more in favor of the driving fish now than this. See. The driving fish one is this. It's absurd and it's ludicrous. This one, this study of masks, it insults our intelligence. That if we put shit in front of our mouth, the droplets of spit, when even we talk, don't go as far. Goddamn. You are a nuclear physicist to figure that one out. (laughs) Here we are spending money on it. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I hope that's private money they're spending on that because that's some horse shit. Now, this is one of those stories that just makes you just, especially those of us who really are are sold in what we believe right now, it hits this button for us. Oh, there's a new name. Derek, that ain't going to be no stripper name. Now stop that. Florona to the main stage. (laughs) Florona, get your ass back in the kitchen. (laughs) What's your name? Florona. This is my sister Tanya and and then Ezekiel, her boyfriend. <laughs> Flew on her. When were you born? Uh, I was born in the twenty twenties. 
Florona. Can't wait to see that one in Dr. Spock's book. Definition, stupid. Oh. Um, yesterday marked the seventh day in a row that infections have completely dropped in the UK due to Omicron. They're dropping as much as 33% a week. Yet they're still talking about shutting them down. That's Great Britain. So, And by the way, they've already called it now Omicron. Omicron. <laughs> Get Flurona working there. Oh, man. Top scientists said they need a few more days of data to be confident schools haven't sparked an uptick. Well, yeah, schools are going to, you know why schools are going to spark an uptick? Because they're going back to school. See, this is something that everybody needs to understand, and we need to look in the record books and do all this research. You know, when Delta and Omicron really started to spike, Delta was when kids went back to school. What happens when kids go back to school? Kids are dirty, filthy creatures. I dare call them people yet. And they carry germs and they all get sick. And they all get sick all the time. And that is what I believe led to the uptick when Delta came around. And by the way, that was presented to me by Braddy Kidd. She made that re- I mean, if she can figure it out. And now the numbers, oh, they're good. they went up. Yeah, they went up because kids went back to school. You know, they, they left the school that they were at to go home for the holidays and Christmas. And now they're going back to school with all their dirty-ass, filthy fucking college roommates and all that kind of shit. So, of course, numbers are going to go back up. They're going to fluctuate. And by the way, this is going to be a cold. I've already heard news reporters talking about living with COVID. Living with COVID? Now, now, honestly, the mainstream media use that, living with COVID. Meaning it's like we live with the cold. It's like we live with the flu. Yet, <laughs> oh, I didn't play the Bucky's thing. Oh, man, holy crap. You're absolutely right I didn't. Jeez. Where, where the hell is the Bucky's thing? Where'd the Bucky's thing go? It should be in, is it in Joe Biden. Where'd it go? Hmm. That's weird. Can't find it. Death? No. Newest? All right. Well, we went to Bucky's today. I don't know where the sound effect went. Sound effect just like disappeared. Yay, Bucky, yay. That's got to be in here. Well, here, hold on. Oh, there it is. Damn it. Bucky, yay. There you go. I had the the bean, egg, and cheese burrito. That was pretty damn good. And then I had the bean, 
and potato burrito. That's pretty damn good. So, yes, went to Bucky's today. Forgot all about that because I was so excited about T-shirt time and playing all these sound effects. So, there you go. Uh, but, yes, Ami gone now as they're dubbing it in Great Britain as numbers drop each and every fucking day. Even though, even though they're even reporting it here in America the exact same. Uh, the surge of Omicron have peaked in Great Britain and will do the same in America. <laughs> That's because the COVID variant first detected in South Africa and in mid-November was so contagious that the variant may already be running out of people to infect. There you go. It's over. Now, can we get back to the fucking normalcies of life? You're calling it over. You got that going. And you got all this other crap and bullshit going, too. Like Italy. Italy has banned. That's why living in America is so great. Italy has banned all unvaccinated people from public transportation. You're unvaccinated, you need to go to work? Fuck you, walk. Couldn't happen to America. That's why I love it when when everybody just fucking hates on America all the time. Now, America could try something like this, but you got to show your papers. I I, I think people in Italy are tired of showing their papers, if you know what I mean. It's ridiculous. Show your papers. Uh, banning uh, people there in Italy. Now, our, our good buddy, <laughs> there's a fight in the higher-ups. As Mr. Tony Fauci said on Tuesday that the brand-new Omicron will infect just about everybody. Even though President Biden's promise in July that vaccines would prevent infections. So, here you go, Mr. Anthony Fauci. Why, oh why, was it so important to get these vaccines out and all this kind of stuff out? Even though you know everybody's going to be infected. Now, does he mean everybody's going to be infected, meaning, oh, wow, look at that, herd immunity finally happened because enough people didn't want to get shots? Fauci comes out and he says, no, 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 no. No, you can still, these vaccinations are just vaccinations. And everybody, and I mean everybody, is going to get it, even even if you have the vaccine. The virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. No, 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 no. The virus no. does not infect them. The no, virus cannot then use that person but, to go anywhere but it else. it does, it does. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. But it actually can. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like it, 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 it can, Rachel. President dipshit. That's what I love so much. If those aren't from six months ago, 
That that's from December. That's December, people. I know December seems like so far away. It, at least it does for me, but it it was last month. Last month, Joe Biden said the exact thing that Rachel Maddow just said. But hey, everybody's going to get it. And and this is why I've been asking for so long. Why? Why did why did why was this such a big deal to get the vaccine? Donald Trump came out the other day and he said that more politicians should be in support of the vaccine because he is very pro-vaccine because, well, he's the guy who who got it done. And people are scoffing at him and he's he's like, look, 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 look. I'm in favor of people taking the vaccine. I'm in favor of that. I'm not going to make you. He wants nothing to do with the mandates. He's just trying to say, take the shot. It's worth it. That's what he's saying. Because he believes in it. Because he was the president that came up with it. And do you know why he wants that? He wants that because he wants the credit for it. That's why he's telling people to take the shots. He wants credit for it. That's what both these guys want. This gets them a little fucking asterisk by their name in the president book. Stopped COVID virus. Developed vaccine for COVID virus. That's what they want. If you think they're doing this out of the goodness of their heart, they stopped that about 40 or 50 years ago. When Nancy Pelosi was in, this isn't me just bashing Nancy Pelosi to bash her. This to me is what leads credence right here. When Nancy Pelosi was named Speaker of the House the first time she had it, she made such a big deal and pointed out that now she's going to be in the history books as the first female Speaker of the House. That was more important to her. And I think these people now, they realize there's, there's something that's a little bit more than being rich and powerful. There's this legend, your legacy. That's what they're trying to save. And these are the elite of the elite, the Nancy Pelosi's out there, the Clintons out there. Because they want to be footnotes in history. That's more important to them for being them than being footnotes of history for actually doing something for us. Oh, I agree with you, Douglas. Nancy is trash. I wouldn't be opposed to you bashing her just to bash her. Um, but that's what it's all about. I mean, they have all the money in the world. You think about Nancy Pelosi is probably one of the most powerful people in the entire world. First of all, she's the Speaker of the House. Pretty important job. Secondly, she's a congresswoman from California. That's pretty lucrative right there. 
Thirdly, she handles government contracts. And what does her husband do? Oh, my gosh, he's a contractor. How about we look into shit like that? Hmm? Why is Nancy Pelosi worth almost $200 million? Oh, it's all her husband? I'd like to see that when the divorce happens. Well, that's one. You know what? Let's take our hats off to Nancy Pelosi's husband. Man, he's got to get into bed every night with that thing. You know he's parking around town. Oh, I oh I got to see a picture of this fucking guy. I've never even thought about that. Nancy Pelosi, somebody is willingly fucking Nancy Pelosi. Pelosi husband photo. Oh my god, this guy could do so much better. This guy is like an aging soap star. Oh, he is so out of her league. It is unbelievable. Boy, yeah. Oh, I guarantee. Uh, let, let's just put it in, in in Arnie terms. Make it official here. I guarantee. He is fucking everything on the side. He goes home to that, and he's like, have you taken your makeup off, makeup off yet? No, I haven't. Ah, give me more scotch. The fucking drunk hag. He looks like a, kind of like, he, he almost kind of looks like David Hasselhoff's dad. He probably stays in California most of the time, so he doesn't have to be with her. Nancy was asked about banning Congress from trading individual stocks while in office. She was like, nope, and said something about <laughs> free markets. Ironic. Yeah. She, she, oh, she's crooked as shit. I saw a video of a meeting that was on there, and they did the uh, eyes and nays vote. Uh, she goes, all right, those in favor, say aye. And you hear, ah, you hear, yeah, pretty loud, aye. She says, opposed. You hear this gigantic swell of nays. Nay, nay, nay. It was it was clear to the, the human ear that the nays had it. And she bangs the gavel and she goes, the yays have it. <laughs> what? And that was the end of that. They didn't get to individually vote. They just had to do the yay or nay vote. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi is so crooked. But but think about it. She's got power, money. She doesn't have looks. Her husband does, but she ain't. What does she have left? There's nothing she can't do on this earth. She's that powerful. Her legacy. She wants her legacy, and her legacy is going to be known as an old like, look, she looks like a, a retired stripper in Vegas. And I'm not talking about at one of the good clubs. I'm talking about at one of those long-standing old side-of-the-road clubs. You go in there, and on Wednesday, it's C-section Wednesday. You, you got bullet-neck Barbara dancing on the main stage. That's what Nancy Pelosi looks like, and that she retired from there.
Uh, Josh Howley introduced a bill uh, banning Congress and their spouses from trading stocks. Yeah, I, I don't think that one's going to pass. That might have been the yay-nay one right there. It, it's just amazing. And these people, like, the best part about our system and our Congress is uh, about how crooked they are is that they know it, and they know that we know it, and they just don't give two fucks about it. Case in point, this 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 ongoing investigation of the insurrection, you know, the worst thing since fucking Pearl Harbor and 9-11. Let's not forget that one. We always forget Oklahoma City, but that really doesn't matter. Or the school shootings. No, that, 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 no, no, that was far worse. This is, this is so much worse than that. Um, the assistant director of the FBI could not answer a yes or no question about their involvement on January the 8th or 6th. I'm sorry. They didn't do it on Elvis's birthday. Wait, wait. They didn't give a straight answer to that? What was your involvement with the involvement of January 6th? Um, uh, we, we really don't want to talk about that too much. Uh, but, uh, but thanks. Uh, appreciate it. Oh, I got to find it now on another median. Damn it. Uh, let's see. Uh, FBI. Roll in. Right. Oh, crap. Let's see, it's New York Times. Let's me read it. Oh, oh, his. House Committee examining January 6th attack disclosed on Tuesday. They've interviewed the man at the center of the right-wing conspiracy theory about who provoked the tax. Blah, 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 blah. So, but... But doesn't that trouble you? And and I got that question from uh, somebody who was watching the trials. If you're in the FBI and you're in a, in a Senate subcommittee hearing meeting and they say, what was your involvement in the January 6th insurrection? See, if that was me, if they, if they were asking me that, I'd be like, I, I was in Texas at the time. I, I had no, nothing to do with it. So you're saying you had no involvement. Yes, I'm saying I had absolutely no involvement in there. If you go, well, I don't know. I can't disclose that at this time. Well, yeah, you can. Did you? Were you involved? We're not asking you what you did. We're just asking you if you, if you were. Well, we can't disclose that. Why not? Can't give me a straight answer? Uh, during the hearing on Tuesday, the Senate committee here, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm talking about Mr. Epps. It's unclear what Mr. Epps may have said to Mr. Samuel, who was ultimately charged with assaulting police officers. Lawyers for Mr. Sampson and others charged with storming the barricade with him have asked the government for information about Mr. Epps. Another defendant has asked federal judge for permission to subpoena testimony from Mr. Epps. Yeah, Mr. Epps, he, he, he's looking a tad bit on the uh, 
the naughty side. And, and I agree, it doesn't pass the smell test. But didn't they kind of answer the question by not answering it? See, that's the bad thing about the courts and when it comes to that. Nobody uses their common sense when somebody doesn't answer that question. They just mark it down saying, did not answer. That's all they do. They don't put it into effect how it makes them look. It just says, did not answer. By the way, that's when usually the 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 lawyer asked if they can treat him as a hostile witness and they can get a little, you know, meteor with him. But yeah, in in, in the court of public opinion, amen, it, it 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 tells you everything you need to know right there. Totally that's what it is. And nobody wants to say anything, and they can't. They can't come out and go, well, because somebody might not look. Somebody might not be as sharp as Braddy Kidd and pick up on that. Well, they'll just simply said, well, they, they, don't, they couldn't tell us. And they'd be okay with that. They'd be like, oh, it's okay. They can't tell us. No, it's not okay. It's not okay. You can't tell us. But that's the way they look at it. And they're in the jury. And that's why bad things happen to really good people. Uh, oh, Bernie Sanders, man, Bernie Sanders has gotten cheap. He has gotten super cheap, man. He Remember remember his big thing was, I want to pay for your college? Going to pay for everybody's colleges. Zillions and zillions of dollars later. Now that he's out of money, Bernie Sanders says he wants every American to have a free N95 mask. So he's going from college, I'll pay for your college, to well, here's a mask. <laughs> they asked him about this, and you just have to look at this guy. He's just a big, crazy guy with white hair. It's an absolute scandal, Sanders said at the lack of high-quality masks. I want to send three free N95 masks to every American Every, every person that has even thought about America, if you've heard about America, if America is your favorite band. Sanders is calling for the federal government to provide every American with a free N95 mask. Because that's the government's job. You know, people like me are going to start a, we're going to start a black market for N95 masks. God damn. Way to go, Bernie. Thanks for college, but really thanks a lot more for the masks. I I haven't told my jokes today for you. Let's see, uh, jokes today. Let me see that. Let's see, told that one. Uh, Oh, why'd they cancel the leper baseball game? Because there was a ball dropped in center field. This one, the, the way I tell this one online, it's pretty funny. Uh, what do you call a smiling Roman soldier with a hair between his teeth? A glad he ate her. And I, and I even put in the video, I go, get it? <laughs> glad he 
ate her. Come on, you know that's funny. Oh. <laughs> By the way, hey, congratulations. Once again, going out to North Korea this morning. Isn't it weird? Isn't it strange? Isn't it peculiar? That for the last five years, nothing has been done in North Korea. Remember that time, that little peaceful time we had maybe six years ago starting with them? You know, I I mean, it could have had something maybe to do with the leader we had and them not fucking around. But once he's out of office, the, the fuckery starts again. North Korea successfully conducted the final verification of its hypersonic missile system. Excellent. Great. They have a hypersonic missile now. Honey, you can't blame the president for that. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. In the world that we live in now, I have to say it more than ever, it is better to be feared than respected. Case in point, America is no longer feared, which means we aren't even respected. I'm no xenophobic fucking super alternative world living uh, right winger. I'm telling you the truth. We are not the America that we were 15, at at least 15 years ago. I don't know what's happened. We can blame the woke. We can blame this. We can blame that. But all the blame has to come right back to us because we were all a part of it. We allowed it to happen. The people that uh, opposed things that they knew were stupid but they didn't say anything for fear of being ostracized for canceling them or, or, or that getting canceled. See, we used to not give a fuck. When we saw somebody do something wrong, we called them out on it. If we saw something that we didn't understand, we minded our own fucking business rather than going up to these people and say, what are you doing here? Even though you have no fucking right to know. We used to be a society where we could talk to one another. We could have differing opinions and talk to one another. That's no longer here. And why is that? Because we allowed it to happen. Other countries watch us. You know, it's funny to think about old shows like Happy Days and stuff when you were talking about Russia or China or anything. And everybody wanted American blue jeans because they thought American blue jeans were the coolest thing in the world. Because other countries watch us. Why? Because we still are the coolest country in the world. What happens here changes the rest of the world.
And I mean, and, and it's not just, and, and it's not just, you know, cool kid culture. It's every culture in this country. It's funny to watch videos uh, in like Japan or part of Asia land, wherever it is, where these guys are walking around and they look like what you would call Raider fans, but they look like, you know, a, 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 a barrio gang. And they're all Asian, but they've adopted the 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 chinos and that kind of you know low rider look. And they're Asian. It's it's fucking hysterical to look at. Why? Because they watch us. You see, they look at us. They study us. And now what they see? They see a pretty weak society, if you ask me. Where everybody is running to everybody's mama and telling on them. We're not that society anymore that says, oh, I disagree with you and we can still be friends. Now it's the, I disagree with you, I want to murder you. Or I want to put you in prison for thinking that. We totally surpassed the, I'm going to kick your ass. I mean, it, and, and by the way, that would have been a pretty fun era to live in. I just want to beat the shit out of you because I disagree with it. I mean, it goes on, sure. But now it's more of the, oh, I disagree with you. Well, you have no career left anymore because I'm going to end that. Maybe it will get to, I'm fucking your mother. Who knows? It, it could get to that. But these other countries watch us and they study us and they know that we are no longer the country not to mess with. They're kicking us while we're down. That should be enough to get the majority of us back to stand up and say enough is enough. I don't care if you think you're a girl and you're born a boy. Do whatever you want, but shut the fuck up about it. If you don't like people making fun of you, then don't fucking bring it on like that. If you don't want to be called fat, then don't be fat. And I'm fat. That's the stuff that I think about and I fear, is that we have a leader in place now. What happens? I mean, honestly, let, let, let's let's play a little game here. What happens if somebody does something to fuck with America? Whether it be a terrorist attack, maybe a missile, you know, something like that. Maybe one of these supersonic missiles that North Korea is shooting off has realized it's made in either North Korea or China, so it's not going to work all the way. Maybe it lands in Hawaii and blows up half Hawaii, but it was an accident, quote-unquote, kind of like that, you know, whole virus thing. What does Joe Biden do? Uh, I think I, I think other countries uh, watch our news like we watch reality shows. They say, no way is America like this real, you know. You said hypersonic bomb. I immediately, in my brain, I see Kim Jong singing the song Supersonic, <laughs> changing the words to hypersonic. 
complete with backup dancers as he presents the bomb to the nation. <laughs> Supersonic. I think other uh, gay sanctions happen, Arnie. Tough ones, yeah. I, I, I'm just look. This is this is why we have to have this gigantic overshift in the government come November. Please, dear God, November, get here. Be as fast as 2021 was. I mean, that year just went by quick just because Joe Biden was just killing us. Countries don't fear us anymore. Good morning there, Alicia. Slept in today. Yes, you did. Deservingly so. And we're going to see more of this. We're going to see more of the whole Ukrainian thing going on. Where, where the Russian troops are, are, there's a stall right now because they had a very mild winter so far. So the ground is too warm, I guess, to really, you know, exert their badness. And supposedly troops are starting to withdraw from there, but I don't know. I think, I think it's something that Tommy said. They're just kind of keeping it on the down low right now because their partner in crime, China, is about to make a mint hosting the Olympics. And I think after the Olympics, I think Tommy might be right about that. And why are they doing that? Why are they showing no respect for us? Because would you respect a country that was ran by a guy who says... Last week, President Harris and I stood in the United States Capitol. If I was the leader of another country and, and I saw this... Let's go, Brandon. I agree. He, he chanted out the, let's go, Brandon, I agree. Which actually means fuck Joe Biden. He is Joe Biden. He just said fuck Joe Biden. Other countries see that and go, we don't have to worry about America. That old fucking man ain't going to do shit. And then they see this. They're like, they know this guy's a bad deal because now Hunter Biden's ex-wife, Kathleen Buell, will release a memoir right around the time the midterms are about to happen, a breakdown of their 24-year marriage, his affair with Bo's widow, and the heavy toll of sex, drugs, and strip club addictions. Yeah, do you know what broke up Hunter Biden's marriage? Yep, crack. (laughs) He fell in love with crack. He started writing songs to crack. He started picking up the carpeting, thinking it was crack, but it was Parmesan cheese. Yeah, I, I got to think that, that that really did help lead to it, the whole crack addiction. The picture of Hunter with two hookers on his chest. There he is with a tough guy's cigarette look in his mouth. I remember the rumor that was one of these gals on the bedpole was uh, uh, one of the Obama daughters. And, like, there was a credit card that allegedly had her name in there and then lines of cocaine. <laughs> Fucking A. Trying not to showbiz you big guy, but did you hear about the uh, near-miss asteroid that's going to fly past Earth on the 18th? It's one kilometer wide, that planet killer size. 
Holy shit, I didn't know. I didn't even know about this. Wait a second. We we, we got to find this damn thing. This is an end of the earther. Oh, you know what? Let, how about we just do this, Arnie? Just Google it. Just Google it. You don't have to go there. Just Google it. Asteroid Earth 2022. Okay, so the asteroid's coming next week. Huge asteroid will pass Earth safely on January 18th. A uh, large stony asteroid. About a kilometer, about, about a mile, a little bit more than a mile, or six-tenths of a mile. Uh, let's see. Uh, the asteroid, blah, blah, blah. Closest approach to Earth is January 18th. Approach will be closest for the asteroid at least 200 years. Uh, Speaking asteroid will pass 1.2 million miles away from Earth. Whew. We're about five and a half times the Earth's moon distance. Well, we're fine then. I'm good. To see it. I don't want to see it. All right. Thank you, uh, Christopher. I'm gayer for knowing all this now. Someone send Bruce Willis into space and fuck the sake get Aerosmith to start writing a song. <laughs> yeah, it, it's millions of miles, but it, it's yeah, it's still close. I mean, does it go down to, like, you know, from, like, a million miles to, like, two in, in like, just one spin of thing? Is that why they say it's close? I, I don't know. I, I don't do a lot of science, so I don't know. Yeah, Hunter Biden's uh, ex-wife is about to release a book. That's not going to be too good. People Magazine reported that uh, she wrote the book uh, that will hit bookshelves in June, less than five months before the midterms. The title is, If We Break, A Memoir of Marriage, Addiction, and Healing. Hunter Biden spent the couple's money on drugs, alcohol, strippers, and prostitutes and engaged in an affair with his dead brother, Bo's wife, Hallie. And he has a stripper baby out there, but no one in the Biden camp will admit it. Let's see. Uh, Zora's dad. No one in 98 Rock worth listening anymore. I think they were off your air, dead air, because uh, the shit show that passed for the entertainment at that station, 100% Mixler, Spotify, Apple Music, blah, blah, blah. Anything but them. Hell, there's a new Mexican station that slaps. Yeah, I saw that people are off the air. That's too bad. I've been on. Hi there. How you doing? Nothing, nothing going to break my stride. Nothing going to slow me down. Oh, no. I've got to keep a moving. You aren't ready for that. You weren't ready for that shit right there. Uh, wow, the first segment's over already? Good Lord, I went through all those stories? No way. Yeah, I guess I did. Uh, all right, phone number 775-357-FANS. Uh, Arnie Radio 1 at gmail.com. Next, we have Lake Tahoe Joe Murphy coming up, and we will talk about this weekend's upcoming NFL playoffs. And I have another story to talk to him about 
as well. So, wait, I don't want that song to play. No, we, we got to remove that song. We got to play this one. Says it's the end of time and the Mississippi River, she's a gold drive. The interest is up and the stock market's down, and you're only getting mugged if you go downtown. I live back in the woods, you see, a woman and the kids and the dogs and me. Got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive And a country boy can survive Country folks can survive I can plow a field all day long I can catch catfish from dusk till dawn Make our own whiskey and our own smoke too Many things these old boys can't do we Grow good old tomatoes and homemade wine And country boy can survive Country folks can survive Because you can't stop us out And you can't make a run Those with them old boys raised on Virginia coal mines and the Rocky Mountains and the Western skies. And we can skin a buck, we can run a trot line, and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. I had a good friend in New York City. He never called me by my name, just Hillbilly. My grandpa taught me how to live off the land, and his taught him to be a businessman. He used to send me pictures of the Broadway nights, and I'd send him some homemade wine. But he was killed by a man with a switchblade knife For $43 my friend lost his life I'd love to spit some beach nut in that dude's eyes And shoot him with my old 45 Cause a country boy can survive Country folks can survive California and South Alabama and little towns all around this land. We can scan a buck and 
run a trot line and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. <laughs>
forgetting time As the years went slowly by She still prayed upon his mind He kept her picture on his wall Went half crazy now and then But he still loved her through it all Hoping she'd come back again Kept some letters by his bed It in 1962 He had underlined in red Every single I love you I went to see him just today Oh, but I didn't see no tears all dressed up to go away first time I'd seen him smile in years he stopped loving her today it plays to Soon they'll carry him away He stopped loving her today You know, she came to see him one last time Oh, and we all wondered if she would And it kept running through my mind This time He's over her for good He stopped loving her today It placed a reef upon his door And soon they'll carry him away He stopped Loving her today. Ready, get set, go! The Arnie Stage Show. Right now. 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 Call 775-357-FANS or 775-376-EZEZ. Uh, Brian Kitt says, Arnie, who sings that song? Uh, his name is Arnie Roy fucking States. That's who sings that song. <laughs> uh, so there you go. We got we got to call Joe Joe right now. Let's get Joe on the line. Call, damn it. There we go. Lake Tahoe, Joe Murphy. Hello. Hey, Lake Tahoe, Joe Murphy. How are you? 
I am doing fantastic, my friend. How are you? I, I am very, very well. It's playoff weekend. We got a lot of football to talk about, but I got I got a sports story. And okay. I want to get your opinion That's on great. it. Um, okay. I Pat- love giving my opinion. Patrick Mahomes' brother. Are you are, are you aware of this young man? Uh, his athletic prowess? Is no, that what you're speaking of? No, just his prowess in general. You know, he's a, a big deal on the TikTok world. Oh, yes. He, I, uh, I, I recently, I, I followed TikTok a little bit. I still think it's Chinese hacking. Yeah. I think that's, that's <laughs> going straight back to China, okay? Okay. I mean, come on. I, I won't put that virus in my phone. Okay, so... But, but I, so I wasn't aware, but he's he's a big he's a a, a big guy on TikTok. Huh? Yeah, he does like dances and stuff. And earlier this season, he was dancing on the memorial site at, at, in Washington. Uh, he's he's spilled he's thrown water on fans and things like that. Well, last week in Denver, they caught it on. And I don't know if I if the audio will play here. Let's see. Uh, Jackson Mahomes is his name. And, Jackson Mahomes. And dancing is his game. Well, okay, okay. It, it ain't coming up. So what happened was fans started chanting at him, Mahomo. Oh, wait, it came up. Uh-oh. Hold on one second. Now, wait, here, let's see if I can. When, when did this happen? Mahomo. I may have heard something about it. Oh, wait, here it is. Here it is, Joe. Hold on. Just just listen. Hey, Mahomo. Mahomo. Hey, Mahomo. <laughs> All right, so there you go. We we caught audio of it, and Patrick Mahomes' uber hot wife was down there, and she gives the guy a dirty look. Yeah. It, it, let me let me ask you because you're old school like me. That's that that that's pretty like, I don't know, elementary name calling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty uh, pretty stupid. I mean, it makes you look like an idiot. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, you could do a lot better. Oh, oh, that's you just saying. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, you could do a lot better. That, right? that right there is low-hanging fruit. That, that's low yeah, hanging you're, you're fruit. just grasping. You're reaching for something. I mean, that's yeah. like going, you, 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 jerk. You yeah. know, or something <laughs> like, yeah, oh, that one's tongue, boy. I'll tell you what. Oh, yeah. or, or the proverbial return of, oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I, I'm not. So are you, or something, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But, but, but here's, uh, here's the real question: When you're at Denver, you're at a heated rival. Nobody likes yeah. this kid. He is kind of androgynous. Yeah. Isn't he kind of bringing a little bit on himself? Of course, yeah, he did. I mean, he he, he did, but uh, you know, I just, I you know, I when you show respect for people, I mean, it, uh, if a guy's making a fool of himself, don't you know, don't join in and make a fool of yourself too. You know, I don't know which guy. I don't like uh, words, but I like words. Mahomes is the guy, the name caller. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. I just look at and I go, look, man. You know, don't make an ass out of yourself, and people won't treat you that way. So, all right. Well, we got this. Yeah, well, real, real quick, we, we got a few games. So, I had a couple things I was interested okay. about, in your opinion. Um, the thing. Well, one of them was, you know, I had unprotected sex with a Haitian refugee. Do you think I'm in trouble? Um, <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I, I'm gonna say that's a wait and seer for me. 
Okay, it's a gamble. I'm a gambler. Well, um, well, the wait and see is, wait and see if either, you know, she's knocked up or you have an STD first. <laughs> you didn't say anything about his key, buddy. Okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, no, but seriously, how about last week? I mean, real quick, the steam, I mean, oh, Jacksonville's got to win. Uh, 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 beat a team that uh, they're winning, they're in. Uh, the Steelers uh, pull out the win at the last seconds of overtime. Jacksonville wins. And then the thing is, yo, well, the only way the Steelers can get out is there's a tie. And, and there we are at the end of overtime, and we're tied. And the Raiders are saying, hey, you know what, San Diego? Why don't we just let the clock run out and right. we'll both go to the playoffs? But Coach says, the hell with that. Let's call a timeout. And completely screw this thing. I could that was just a crazy weekend. You know, if they would have ended in a tie, there would have been like conspiracy talks and, oh, and sure. things like that. Yeah. What, what, and then uh, have you heard why that coach call a timeout? I, I, I just I'm still kind of baffled. I don't know. I don't know. Because uh I mean, you know, if 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 you're guaranteed to go to the playoffs, that's not kissing your sister. That's a win. You know, yeah. I mean it's like but so that was crazy to me. And, and, and then another And watching yeah. it watching it, it seemed like the Raiders were just going to run the clock out. Until the That's end what I'm saying. The Raiders yeah. are like, hey, we're going to be a solid. We're going to the playoffs. You guys want to come? Sure. Yeah. No, we do not want to come. Uh, <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy to me. Um, and then real quick, we spoke on this, not on this show, but a while back um, about, you know, uh, a, a woman being a linebacker coach in the NFL or something yes. like that, right? Yes. And we, we were, we were, we, you know, we agree on many, many, many things women to do. I want you to bring female baseball manager, professional baseball. Can she do it? Uh, I covered this story, Joe, and uh, no, she can't. I, I don't think in a capacity say that you know, like Cal Ripton Jr. probably knows the game a tad better. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe yeah, a he, he, yeah, he's faced Randy Johnson. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, poor Randy, poor Randy Johnson. You know, he had a, a baby out of wedlock. Apparently, yeah. his Johnson was feeling a bit Randy. Oh, I don't know. That was uh... <laughs> that was awful. That was awful. <laughs> I stole that, by the way. So. Oh my God! Anyway. Give it back! Give it back! <laughs> well, you know, I gotta try. Uh, anyway, right. so let's take a look at the games this weekend, Joe, and and we'll take our time with them. We'll we'll, we'll talk a little bit about each team. First game up is Saturday. The Las Vegas Raiders are taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. The Raiders at the Bengals. The Bengals have won wildcard games to the Raiders. All four. They played four times. They played the Raiders. I think it's a playoffs period. They lost every game the Bengals to uh, the Raiders. Um, but, of course, the Raiders are, you know, boom, four in a row. They're starting to show that they can do things. So, uh, I hope it's a good game. It's at Cincinnati. Oh, boy. Cincinnati favored by, like, a touchdown. I think Vegas is the end of the road for me, Steve. Yeah? You're taking the Bengals? Yeah, I think, so. I think the Bengals, I think they're a really good team. Uh you know, they they won their division. Uh, the Bengals, I mean, the Bengals, they're, they're, 
they're like the Cleveland Browns of the AFC North. <laughs> but they, they really are. The redheaded stepchild. Thank you, Andy Dalton. But then they, uh, but they're a good team this year. They really are a good team, and I, I just think they're a better team. It's playoff uh, uh, game. I just think a better team wins this one, and I think it's the Bengals. You know, I here's the thing. I like Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is is turning into the truth, and this is after a uh, just a, a a gruesome knee injury that he suffered. And he's come back, and he's putting up all these numbers, and nobody's talking about it. Nobody is yeah. really talking about it. And it's like, look at this guy. He's got a good, a great running back out of Oklahoma, and that takes the world for me to say. But Joe Mixon is doing the job. He's got over 1,200 yards this year. I, look, yeah, and, and well, I was talking to you about how good, team, how good of a team. I wasn't even thinking about Burrow, but you're right. The kid's phenomenal. Yeah, and, the and, kids, crazy good. and I'm not taking anything away from David Carr or what the Raiders have done. What what the Raiders have done this year, let me say this. I'll, I'm going to give a big kiss to the Raider fans. That team yeah. has shown yeah. some perseverance this year. They lost their head oh, yeah. coach. Then a guy on the team fucking got in a DUI accident and killed somebody. And then two weeks later, another guy on the team gets a DUI, and this team still makes the playoffs. Man, if they got out of their own way, they would be phenomenal. Exactly right. Exactly. I mean, and I mean, the, the Raiders, you know, the biggest thing we have in that is the Rebels and the Wolf Pack. And it's like, so I'm a rooting for Vegas because we got some Nevada, you know, action now. So I kind of root for them. Uh, you're like, you said, they have faced a ton. Carly was like the fifth highest passer this year. Yeah. Something like that. So he, he's, he's a hell of a player, too. But, uh, in Cincinnati, I know the Raiders, the Raiders would have loved to have it and Legion, but the Cincinnati field's going to hurt them too. I think. Yeah, 27 degrees out there. That, that ain't going to be fun. Uh, so Ouch. you're 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 taking the Bengals as well as me, but you're rooting for I will the Raiders. Take- I kind of want the Raiders to win. Uh, you have to put a gun to my head to force me to bet this game because I, I don't want to bet it. But if you put a gun to my head, maybe I would take the Raiders. The Bengals. Uh, I think that's just a better bet. You got to bet with your head, not your heart. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next game on Saturday, we have the ten and seven New England Patriots taking on the eleven and six Buffalo Bills. Temperature is going to be four degrees in Buffalo. Oh, things are just getting, they're getting hotter every game. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's things are just heating up. Go from, go from that thriving cultural mecca, Cincinnati, and you cool up, drop about 40 degrees to the Paris of the Northeast, Buffalo. Okay? So, yeah. That's, that's where Paris. people from Wisconsin go on their honeymoon. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, what what are your thoughts on Mac Jones? He's had a great season as a rookie. Uh, he's showing a lot, uh, and, and then you got you, you got Josh Allen on the other side, who's also a great quarterback. This is uh, to me, this is the best game in the entire playoff series. Yeah, it is a great game. Uh, what, what, let's see. Yeah, it's a great, you know, they're both fun to watch. Both Mac uh, Jones and Josh Jones, both young, good, I mean, great players. They're fun to watch. They're the guys that, that, that they make stuff happen, but without a high ratio of making a mistake either. Right. 
You know, just like you got guys out there that all oh, they got legs, they run all over the field, they can make stuff happen, but they throw four picks, you know. So, and these guys, these guys are pretty good, and they make stuff happen. I, this is a good game. When we got uh, Buffalo favored by four. Uh, boy, I'd like to see the Patriots win it, but again, in this one, the Bills. Uh, win this way. So mind you, we're two out of the uh, what seven games, six yeah. games, uh, and there's going to be one or two upsets. So so far, we've taken I've taken both favorites. So uh, there's got to be an upset brewing because there's going to be one happening. But I don't think it's this one. I think the Bills win this one in cover. Yeah, I agree. I, I've been taking the Bills all season long because I believed in them this year, and I still believe. And that's not to take away from the New England Patriots. I think they, they. I think they're an up and coming team again. I think Belichick did it again. He's got a young man he can run in there at quarterback that can run his system. He's good to go. Yeah, and I mean, think about think about those, those sun drenched Patriot fans having to travel north to Buffalo. That's gonna hurt them. You know, that's gonna hurt them. I think. I think they, they like you can snowshoe to that game. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, Saturday games. I, I think A plus day for Saturday. Saturday games are awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good. They're gonna be good games. I'm glad. Yeah. Now the Sunday games, that well, we we have I think one good game in here, but the first one is the nine and eight, fucking Philadelphia Eagles taking on the thirteen and four Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, of course, Minshew is set to take over the Jason Sudeikis role in. Uh, Ted Lasso, yeah. So he won't be available. Apparently, we'll have to go with Jay, Jalen Hurts, I suppose, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they just, uh, the Eagles were like, when, you, when you're guaranteed the playoffs and that's it, you're, you're not going to gain anything. Fit everybody. Who cares? You know? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is out there playing. But, but it's true, but if you're the Eagles, you're in the playoffs, nothing's going to get better if we win the game. So why why, why put everybody in there? So, But uh, I, I'm i not a big fan of that, of guys sitting out a whole game before a playoff game. No. I think they, they need to get a, club, a couple reps, you know. But, boy, I, 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 like, I like Tampa Bay in this one. Tampa, I got as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, that's what I got, two, eight and a half, yeah. Do you, do you like that many points in a playoff game? <laughs> Let's see, the other two have been, what, four, we got 48 and a half, or we got 44. Yeah, that's, uh, you start getting in the 50s, that's tough. You want to maybe stick with your, your old or your under, but, uh, you know, yeah. It's, I mean, Jalen Hurst, I mean, he's he, how many running touchdowns, throwing touchdowns. He's good. And then you got, you got Tom Brady who just, I mean, he's doing his homework and he just throws footballs up in the air and people catch him in the end zone. Like, and so it, it might be a high-scoring game. I, I wouldn't bet on the over-under in this, but I, I like the Bucks. All right, I like the Bucks too. No, uh, uh, Hangtown Jen says, is he serious? Jason Sudeikis is leaving Ted Lasso? No. <laughs> That's right. The issue, the backup quarterback no. of the Eagles. No, it's not true that he's leaving. Is that, is that an unconfirmed report? <laughs> unconfirmed reports now. 
Uh, all right. I'm Ken Gobble. Uh, the, the game I think of the day, mainly because it's my team, is opening up an old playoff rivalry. The 10-7 and seven Niners against the 12-5 and five Cowboys. Every year, there's the team. Every year, there's the team that you like. You don't want to face these guys right now. This is the team you don't want to play right now. The Niners are that team right now. I think. Uh-huh. The Cowboys. The Cowboys. I played well. They've had some options. Whereas everybody kind of rode off the Niners, and the Niners are like, "Hey, we're not going to be written off." And boy, I tell you, these guys got a chip. And you know, I I wish we. I don't want to play them, but uh, but the Cowboys—they're—they're they're so talented. You guys are so talented. Uh, yeah, if they want to win a game, I believe they threw up. they threw up another fifty-five last week or something. Yeah, week. something crazy. Yeah. They threw up fifty-five and two out of the last three weeks of the season. A career high for your boy Dak, five touchdowns. And so he looked good. The elder, but the defense looked uh, Boy, this is going to be a tough one. Uh, Dallas favored by what three by field goal, and they're at home. That home field is they probably win this game. Well, I'd love to see the Niners win. They're, they're, I'm not. A, I'm, go ahead. No, no. Finish what you were saying. I'm not a 40 winer fan at all, mm-hmm. and I don't know if any of you people out there lately have been to the the city of San Francisco. You will turn around and leave as fast as you it is a cesspool. It is un, it smells like urine. Uh, <laughs> the people, are, and I'm not trying to disrespect the homeless, but they're very aggressive. Uh, you know, you go to the Louis Vuitton store, and there's a flash mob robbery. I mean, it's a horrible town anymore. That San Francisco. It really, it really has turned to crap. But these guys are down in Santa Clara, but uh, they're going to be, what, in Arlington? Yep. And uh, Jerry Jones will he'll look, he'll give to the Salvation Army, and the Cowboys will win. Okay, so the Cowboys this year are doing something they've never done before. They're doing a whiteout for this game. Everybody's supposed to wear white. It's going to be like a college atmosphere. If that is right. true, if that is true, there is no way San Francisco stands a chance against the loudness of that stadium. Um, and, it's about and you time. Both, what's that? I said, oh, yeah, it should be loud. Yeah. Oh, but it's about time because the Cowboys yeah, used to, yeah. when that stadium first opened, all the season ticket holders would sell their tickets to visiting teams. They had more fans there. It's going to be nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like the that Cowboys, happens. but I look, if they lose, I'm not going to be surprised because I'm not a Dak guy. I, I, I'm rooting for them. I think they'll win, but if they don't, it's not. I'm going to be pissed, but I'm not going to be pissed. You know what I mean? Right. And when it comes to NFL fans, I mean, when you're going to ask for a whiteout at Jerry World, uh, you know, it's not going to be like a whiteout at uh, Beaver, but Paul, uh, State, you know. Right, right, right. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a white. I mean, it's going to happen. You know, the pro football, you're going to get your, I don't look good in white. I'm not living, you know, or whatever. So, so uh, it's just not the atmosphere. You know that as well as I. It's like yeah. a big college game. But it's a playoff game. It's a big atmosphere. Uh, and these guys are pros. And I think the Cowboys, uh, I think, I think that they're uh, they're motivated and they're getting a hell of a team. So okay. uh, I look for them to win this one. And now, so now I've got four favorites. I, I'm telling you right now, we've got four games, four favorites. That's probably not going to happen. That's what I try to tell you. All right. All right. Before before we get to the next game, which is your team, uh, what did you think of the national title game? 
Well, being said, I had a, a Caesars sports ticket with uh, Alabama on it. I, I got it stuck. But I mean, it's got it totally stuck. But, but I'm like, you know, I'm not just... I just, it, it, it's, it's, I'm one of those guys that if, if you, if I bet on you and you lose, I want, I want not only for you to get cleaned, I want your relatives to die. Okay. <laughs> if you're not going to win my bet, if you lose the bet for me, I hope you rot in hell. I don't care. Let alone lose the game. So I'm a, I'm a very giving, non selfish person. But, uh, um, so I, <laughs> Boy, I, 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 I they had a shot. Alabama, I thought when Alabama got the ball back, I said, Alabama, is, is, if there's a team that could drive down and score, it's going to be Alabama. But then the guy throws that just, just incredibly stupid pick. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't think they manhandled Alabama by any stretch of the imagination. No. But, uh, but they did beat them. They did beat them, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I honestly thought it was a boring game until the last quarter. I mean, really? Yeah. Yeah. SEC defense against SEC defense, and, well, we we got what we deserved, I guess. And, see, I know I was for some of the games. There's one thing to sit and watch guys kick field goals in a national championship. It's another to watch it on your ESPN app while you're shopping at Walmart. Okay? <laughs> that was not. That was not. My, I had no college national championship atmosphere going for the first half. So thanks, thanks, honey. You know, going to Walmart sounds like a great idea right now. No, yeah. let's do that. Yeah. All right. Next one here is. Oh wait, Mike D says say says all you need to know to have planned some gimmick like this and beg ticket holders not to sell their tickets. Home field won't be a factor. We'll see. Well, I like I, I like the idea of the the whiteout. I think it's a cool idea, but it ain't gonna pan like it does at Penn State. Uh, <laughs> The nine seven and one Pittsburgh Steelers are on the road against Mahomo and the Chiefs. Uh, Twelve and five. Uh, the Twelve and five Chiefs. Uh, Joe, come on, you're a Steelers guy. I, I you know what? Uh, it's like twelve and a half points. I hope it goes to like fourteen because I'm going to bet on the Steelers. So I want as I want as many points as I can get. I hope it goes to, to fourteen by game time because I, I'm going to bet on the Steelers because and not just because of a hard bet because I've seen the Chiefs get beat by bad teams. They're capable of getting beat by a bad team. I don't think the Steelers are a super bad team, but but they're not the greatest. So the Steelers have the capability of beating them. But if Mahomes is on one, I'm let the Mahomes is like what four and zero, four and one in playoff games or something. something crazy. So yeah. Uh, you take any say you like the Steelers, then, huh? Well, th- this is the thing. Look, I don't like the Chiefs. I'm I'm not a big Chiefs guy. I just I, I just can't buy into the whole thing. Um, uh, and two, I, two I, touchdowns I, is a two touchdowns. Sorry, two touchdowns is a lot of points in a pro game. As it is a playoff game, you know, you get double digits, and you kind of maybe take the point. You know, then, you know when you get yeah. the double digits like that. But, I mean, when you're already you're up fourteen or thirteen nothing at kickoff already, it's it's a good feeling. Yeah, so. uh, I look. This is why I like the Steelers. I like the Steelers because I think they finally started playing for Big Ben because they know this is it for him. And and I and I I look. I'm calling this my upset because I don't like Kansas City. This is my upset pick of the game. I think the Steelers win in a very very close game. 
You, you know what, Arnie? You know, you know why I drink Doctor Thunder? Mm. Because you know, you know, when you know when John the Baptist was down baptizing people in the River Jordan, the other people coming, he would say, "No, but the one who comes after me, he will baptize you with fire, yes. and you're not fit to tie a sandal strap." Well, Arnie, that's you, that's and so I drink Doctor Thunder. I, I, the guy that came before me was is Arnie. He drinks Doctor Thunder. I, I'm not fit to drink the same soft drink. <laughs> So I, so I drink Dr. Pender. has nothing to do with income. <laughs> yeah. And, oh. and when I say don't bet with your heart when you're gambling, don't bet with counterfeit bills either. That yeah. never worked yeah. out either. They'll, they'll so. catch you on that when They frown upon that in most casinos. Yeah, yeah, the secret service isn't big on it either. So, uh, so uh, I'm taking. Who are you taking in the game? Are you are you betting? I'm taking. I'm going to take. We're still talking about the Steelers. I'm taking yeah. the Steelers. All I'm right, taking yeah, the, the Steelers. I'm not, I'm going to be up to a couple of touchdowns at kickoff already. So run the ball, run the ball, let that clock run, and hopefully I stay within. And maybe even win it. But, but uh, uh, our final, our final game, which is on Monday night, and they've never, they've never done a playoff game on Monday night. So this is kind of cool. The 11 yeah, and, and it's available on ABC, ESPN Plus, ESPN Two. It's all over like eight channels, awesome. so including ABC. So. Uh, so we got the 11 and six Cardinals taking on the 12 and five Rams. Yeah. You know, I, I, I waited a long time in the season because I to, to tell you this because I. I you go know, way back and everything, but you know, I, but I, I guess time that you know, you know, people knew this about me. But I like, and you know, I went to Nebraska. I like Oklahoma quarterbacks. I, I, I do. I oh like my them. God. Uh, you know, I, I got respect. Like when we, when I was blasphemy. We had shirts that said, you know, Oklahoma sucks, but Colorado swallows. You know, yeah. We 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 hated Oklahoma, but we respected them. Yeah, they were good. We, you know, we, we just flat out hated uh, Colorado. If you go to a Colorado game and there's people spitting, you know, there's 75 year old man and wife in a polyester red sweaters making their way to the game, and these Colorado fans are throwing stuff at them, and they're just classless people. I'm sorry, Colorado. Not everybody, but yeah, but, oh, I hear uh, you. But but I respected Oklahoma, and uh, I I kind of like I like Kyler Murray. I really like him as a quarterback. Uh, he he's got a weird style to him, you know. He's like that little crappy kid out there, but he gets the job done. Rams favored by four. Cardinals win this game. I've got to pick one upset, so it's the last game. I have no choice. I have to pick this upset. This is this is such a tough one for me because I hate Kyler Murray so absolutely much uh, because, in fact, he is an Oklahoma quarterback, just like Baker Mayfield, who I hate with every fiber of my being, an Oklahoma quarterback. Jamal Holloway, back in the day, the guy who took over for Troy Aikman because he was smart and left that shithole, uh, I hate him as well. Charles Thompson, I hate him. Charles Thompson, right. Who was the other one? Uh, the guy that ran, ran the option of the wishbone like a, a genius. Oh, that was Jamel Holloway. Jamel Holloway. Jamel Holloway. Oh, yeah, Jamel Holloway. That guy, number four. That guy was slippery as, as a... The, Jamel Holloway's the greatest option quarterback to ever play the game. And the option yeah, he, was developed at the University of Texas. And, yeah. and, and, and my man... 
Daryl Royal felt bad for Oklahoma, so he called an assistant named Barry Switzer, and he gave him the wishbone. He gave him the wishbone. <laughs> yeah, there's, he gave it to Alabama, and they ran like undefeated the next year. No, he gave it to Oklahoma. He didn't give it to Alabama. He oh, gave it well, to yeah, I gave it to Switzer, right? And Switzer gave it just to help somebody else with it, too. But yeah, but you're right. He gave it to Switzer, and Switzer said, hey, this thing works. But if you, I'll hang up. If I don't hear the name Tommy Fraser, I'll be a. insulted. Appalled. Oh, oh, Tommy Fraser was a great quarterback, great college quarterback. Amazing. He won yeah, a national yeah, title. He or, or, yeah, he won a national title. Yeah, he won, uh, let's see, the quarterback's national title in Nebraska. Nebraska uh, uh, Touchdown, Frazier, Scott Frost. Yeah. Uh, I believe, I believe um, Heisman winner Eric Crouch won a national championship. I believe so. Or at least I, he played I, for one. Frazier won two. Because one year, Frazier was out with the blood clot the whole season. And so when it came, he was, he was better by the bowl game. And with. With Brooke Ballinger, who who uh, who played well, and they put uh, Tommy Frazier in, he started messing up. They pulled out, put Brooke back in, and everybody wasn't happy when they put Tommy Frazier back. But Tommy Frazier showed who Tommy Frazier was yeah, because exactly. he, he took over. And, uh, but getting but, back uh, to yeah. this game, which has nothing to do with fucking Nebraska football. I, you know, <laughs> I talking talk about the All I get to hear about the courthouse is if they stink, do some recruit. You're a bum. Can I get some kind words once in a while? I'm taking the Cardinals, damn it. Uh, I, I, too, am picking the Cardinals, and it, it pains me to do so because I have to pick Kyler Murray. But I think this is the perfect opportunity that Matthew Stafford is going to show who Matthew Stafford really is. He's it's a, called Matthew Stafford, the yeah, Detroit flashback. It, it's, he's, he's a good quarterback, but that elite level – He'll never be a Trent Dilfer. I'll just say that. Yeah. yeah. And trust me, when, when you'll never be yeah, Trent Dilfer. Whoa. Now you're getting to the Hall of Fame, buddy. I mean, hey, uh, at least Dilfer's got a ring. Yeah, that's uh, Frank Wright. I mean, you know, like, these guys are legends, okay? Legends in the game. Uh, uh, but that Stafford, yes. I mean, the Lions sucked when Matt Stafford was on the team, not just because Matt Stafford, but he was on the team. So he's still Matt Stafford, like you said. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he, he could lose it, you know, this game. Easy. He's not, uh, he's not, he's not uh, Aaron Rodgers, that's for sure. No, no. Uh, hey, I, I didn't ask you about this. Uh, did you happen to see Andrew Luck at the national championship game in Indianapolis? Yes, I did see that. Yeah. Dude, what happened? Did he get did did like had he been partying with Freddie Mercury? I don't know. I mean, I, he, I, 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 I don't read know. the he word. He was always a goofy looking dude, but yeah, but but now he looks as I've heard it described in the media as gaunt. You know what? He, the, 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 the sudden resignation was kind of weird. You know, we weren't buying the hey, I want I want all the time with my kids and the family, and then. <laughs> Yeah, right. So you're not interested in like a $50 million two-year deal or yeah. something like that? Yeah, yeah fine. That was a weird deal. That we, you know, Barry Sanders is the one guy that walks away, and we can look at him and go, he's really just wanted to walk away, yeah. you know? It, but, uh, yeah, that, that shows a little about his retirement. Remember when he retired, and it was like, I had to go on my fantasy team, and he walked off the practice field. What yeah. the hell? 
Uh, it, it, yeah, it's that. crazy. Uh, all right, yeah. uh, Joe, thank you so much for everything. Next week we're going to have more playoffs to talk about. I'll try to bring more sports stories. And uh, you have a great weekend, my friend. And don't forget to tune in to play our bonus round of Raider with a DUI guest, the Blood Alcohol Content. We'll be back. Okay, I'll see you already next week, buddy. All right, buddy. See you. Take care, ladies uh, and gentlemen. The one uh, and only Lake Tahoe Joe Murphy. I'll take a break after that.
68 Cadillac with Thunderbird wings. I'm telling you, baby, it's a bad old thing. I can burn rubber in each and every gear. I think I can rock and roll right out of here. Right on, Josephine, right on.
I wanted to know where's the damn come on. Where's the chant? USA! 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 See, I wanted to play the USA chant after I played that block of music because that was America right there. The greatest rock and roll, American rock and roll band, Leonard Skinner. I, I, I mean, it, it, George Thorogood, one of the greatest blues slash rock artists of all time. And then John Cougar Mellencamp. Hey, that just spells America right there. Oh. Uh, hi, Mama uh, is in the house. She says, good morning, ass. Everybody asks how she's feeling. She's doing a little bit better. Thank you, she says. Grifter says, playoffs. Don't talk about the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? I got to win a game. Uh, Hang Down Jen says, good. Glad to hear you're battling through such a warrior. Yes, Hot Mama is. Uh, all right, last segment. We're going to go for a while here. Um, I got this email. And it's from somebody who uh, works in the computer industry. That's all I'll say. It says, hey, Arnie, I was listening to the news this morning, and they were talking about chip shortages that we've been hearing about for the last year. I've been meaning to mention this to you, but I keep forgetting, so I'm sending this now so I don't forget. Uh, back in the early 90s, I contracted to National Semiconductor, NSC, in Santa Clara for a few years. NSC was a name change from their original name after buying up smaller firms. The original name is Fairchild Semiconductor. You might remember the name growing up. They were in a, the news daily back in the day. They are the inventor of what we call the integrated circuit, the IC, or as they're now called, chips. The original silicone wafers were designed, developed, and produce, uh, production produced at one of their three wafer for fabrication plants in Santa Clara. Not made overseas. At the time, I worked for the NSC Finance Department. I built uh, SW systems to track and manage chips costs from design through production to delivery based on wafer fabrication location. Yes, getting too expensive to build in U.S., or so they say, labor sure, but mostly environmental costs. Back then, it was the early days of NAFTA talk for offshore and all U.S. production of anything. And since like the late 80s, there's been a huge push to get rid of all non-wafer fabs, fobs, in the U.S. because of pollution. Yes, the greenies don't like the wafer fobs either. So the NSC started building Wayfair fobs outside of the U.S. in the 80s, in China, China, Malaysia, anywhere but the Western world. By the same time I left NSC in 95, the only fob left in Santa Clara was designed test fob used solely for R&D and only produced a few chips a day for the test. Now, imagine how many fobs that have been used to be in uh, the U.S. or now in China because of greenies or NAFTA. So when they say there's a chip shortage because of the coronavirus, no, there's been a shortage because of the counties, uh, the country's green and production policies since the 90s. Wow. Man, oh, man. Let's 
that's what you hear. You, you hear about, you know, no dealers can have cars on lots because they're not building cars because they don't have these chips. These chips that some of us, I, I don't know what the chips are made of. I, I had no idea. I thought the chips are what we were mining for over in the Middle East. And that's why it's so important to get those better than precious metals. But if they're made, once again, once again, and and this is the this is the bad part. This is this is the worst part of the whole thing is that Americans would do that job. If you paid them a fair wage, they would do that job. As long as we stop taking down these damn big soft landing areas for them with unemployment, with everything that went on during the pandemic. Yes, I think those programs are great, and I think they're useful. Uh, welfare, I think, is a great system for what it is. So, same with unemployment. But you have to put time frames on them. You have to put time frames on them because people have to get shit on their own. It, it, it's part of what's called growing up. You can't rely on mommy and daddy for everything. And it seems America has done that. And mommy and daddy now in America is the federal government. And we trust them. And that's everybody, not just the lemmings out there. We, we're, we're, we're taught to trust the government. Even though some people say, yeah, well, I'm taught not to trust the government. Well, all right, good for you. Potato, potato. Because when I say we're taught to trust the government, that means I do not trust the government. And that's sad to me. Because I think at least at one time in this country's history, whether it was the 1800s, early 1900s, you could actually trust your government. I don't know what happened. I, it wasn't me. I know, I know you can't blame this one on me. Things that Arnie States has done... Pooped his pants at a Red Robin restaurant. Yep, you got to check that one off. I've done that one. Uh, things Arnie States has done. Been carried out of a hotel by Dallas police by his belt buckle. Yes, that did happen to me. Things that Arnie States has done. Giving up on America and, and all this bullshit. Yeah, that's the one thing I haven't done. I have not given up on America yet. I know I probably should. But just stop stop safeguarding everything. Look, look. We know how durable we are. Everybody watches TV. You know that life, you're not going to live forever. I don't know if this is my spirituality or just where I am in my own head. If I were to somehow get the terrible Omicron. And I didn't know I had some underlying condition that actually killed me, but I got Omicron, so I died. It was my time to go. That's the way I look at it. It's it's my time to go. I, I don't need everybody looking out. Lived a good life. It was fantastic. It was good. All these ideas of vaccinations and doing this. I, I'm not against medicine and trying to get better and feel better. But my God, man, you have to let people live their fucking lives. 
or they're going to be stuck inside, and it's going to change them and mentally change them and mentally harm them. Christopher says, I've been able to uh, reliably get computer parts since the pandemic started going on two years now. It was my side hustle. I miss the, the hobby. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not going to live forever. No, you're not fame. Yeah, I, I peed in a guy's Listerine bottle. The things Arnie States has done, he's done that. And all these people, th- this is my favorite rant to go on, is this one. Is that I, when I talk against this in my own personal beliefs, I'm not putting you down. I respect whatever you want to believe in. And if you're one of these super-duper environmentalists and that's your whole fucking reason to wake up in the morning, my reason is to ridicule people like you. That's why I wake up. That's my purpose in the morning is to ridicule the world because the world is right now at its dumbest. If we ever smarten up, that will be the time that I retire. Um, If I was vaccinated, I would have been working uh, when I had to test at work, asymptomatic, and not have tested. It was so mild when symptoms did kick in, one of the four people I got it from were vaccinated and felt crappy enough to test. Teammate of mine was telling me uh, new Sac County EMS guidelines are that you can return to work with positive but asymptomatic ASAP if there's no shortage. Yeah, I did the story the other day. They're forcing people back to work. It's ridiculous. This whole thing has been ridiculous. And I'm over it. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this shit. It's so dumb that everything the government tells us is a lie. I'm, I'm, I'm near that fucking stage of anarchy, if you will. Uh, let's see. Uh, they know you're asymptomatic. You can't pass it on. The only bit of shit that finally makes sense is that they're doing, right? Mm, none of it's made sense. If you believe it's made sense, Alicia, I know you slept in this morning. You didn't get to hear the first part. They're talking about these masks again and then what masks you should have and these masks that you shouldn't, even though they are still protecting you. It's all just ludicrous. They're calling it Omni-Gone. Say, I don't even do the sound effect for it. It's Omni-Gone in Britain already because numbers are dwindling. They know it. Look. I'm tired of this follow the science bullshit when we're not following the science. Science shows us that this, the second variant of COVID, is a much weaker strand of it because, well, it's weaker. I bet you there's one or two more, and probably the second one we won't hear about. It's the cold. That's what it's, 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 it's done its job. It's run its course. It's two years or over. Now open America, you fuckers, and stop lying to us about everything. There's some stuff we know you're going to lie about. I, I, I mean, I already know that the government's going to lie to us about a bunch of shit. But how about you just open the doors to all the restaurants and all the small businesses and all these people that have lost their fucking livelihoods over the last two years 
How about we just open everything up and we reduce taxes for those people that lost shit? Hey, you still got to pick yourself up. Hey, it ain't the government's job. Government can for, for, forgive your loans or whatever, get you back at work, give you loans that you don't have to pay back for like 800 years. Because the government did this to you. Like it or not, the government did this to all these small businesses that closed. And, and, and look, this is, this is the blessing of the Tenth Amendment. Because the Tenth Amendment states that states' rights are, are, are trump everything. Donald Trump lived by the Constitution, said states' rights will prevail, and he allowed states like California, all over the Midwest, New York, all the liberal states to, to mandate. States were mandating mass policies, shop policies, all these kind of policies. That was states' rights, and we all got upset at it. Now we have a kooky fucking president that wants to mandate same policies, but when it comes to the vaccination, and we're all saying, no, 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 no. And we're all yelling, states' rights. But wait a second. You didn't like states' rights before because you were pissed off that you had to wear masks. This is the beautiful part about the Constitution is that you look at it one way and you're like, whew, and then the other way is like, God damn. You can't want it one way and not want it the other, or not realize that the other way happens too. Douglas says, once again, it's all about money and power. Well, you get the first one of these today. Correct the mundo. That's what it's always about. So it's always going to come down to, and, and it is that order because power is the harder of the two to get. Power and then, that, like we were talking about earlier, your legend, your legacy. Money, power, legacy. That's what it's all about. If you're not thinking in those terms, you will never be at those levels. Mark Zuckerberg, as much as we hate him, has such a legacy. Jared Fogle has a legacy. (laughs) I don't think it's the one he wanted. No, he was all good being the guy that lost weight eating sandwiches. How American is that, by the way? Hey, lose weight in America by eating sandwiches. <laughs> that's, that's, I think that is triumphantly one of the greatest American things that we've ever done. The first thing, if you were to go to a dietician and go, hey, I'm going to lose weight by eating sandwiches, they would say, get the fuck out of my office. And that fat fucking kid-touching bastard did it. And made us believe that if we ate just two cold-cut combos a day, we could look like him. Now, not act like him, but look like him. Oh, man. Brett says, I I admit I like Subway. I used to, but no, man. Sandwich places got so much better. And Subway just stayed. Subway is like the honestly, 
they're just like the the lowest tier now of sandwich place. Like if you absolutely are hungry and starving and need to need to 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 need to eat, you gotta eat. Fuck, man. Okay, uh, uh, let's see. I just got a cool text message. Uh, you. Oh, wait. You know what? Or can you do it now? See, if you can do it now, we'll do it now. A buddy of mine who, uh, yeah, I'll let him tell the story. Um, it pretty, oh, okay, all right, uh, well, expect a call from me if you're listening, uh, all right, gotta turn this down so I don't pop people's ears out of place, you're welcome, and I will call him right now, now is good, okay, all right, let's see. What's up, Artie? How you doing, buddy? How are you, my friend? Man, uh... Every day is better than last. Well, that's good. This is my buddy Scott, who who uh, I grew up with. We worked at the water park together. Um, he and I were great friends there, and uh, he is now uh, working in law enforcement somewhere here in the great state of Texas. And he had a major scare with COVID this year. Tell your story, my friend. Well, it uh, goes back to uh, early August. Uh, I had a public event to do, and... Uh, I think that was the first signs of the Delta variant coming out. And I had either was asymptomatic or anything like that uh, prior to that. I went to the public event. Uh, It was a charity thing for uh, giving up backpacks for kids, tons of people. Uh, The next day, later that night, I kind of felt weird. The next day, I felt really, you know, kind of like groggy. Uh, Felt like I was starting to get bronchitis. By the uh, by, that Friday, I decided I was going to go in and uh, went to my doc and uh, said, "Look, I think I may have contracted COVID. Uh, give me all the ivermectin, any therapeutics you've got, because I know that there's a window of 24 to 48 hours uh, that you get the best efficacy with those. But after that, they lessen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so." Uh, the nurse looks at me and said, well, we're going to give you, we're going to give you stuff that will, they'll keep you from getting pneumonia. Uh, cause that's the real killer. And he, I didn't get the, uh, any of the therapeutics. He basically prescribed me the, uh, uh, my bronchitis medicine, which helps. I mean, I'm not going to dog you, but by that, Probably within the, the next day, we were scrambling to find ivermectin or anything like that. Uh, even looking so far as just getting it from a uh, feed store or something like that. Okay. Uh, but we just didn't know if we we're going to do that. What the appropriate amount would be? It's hard to find anything or trust anything online. Anyway, uh, I I was able to get ivermectin four days after I tested positive, 
I felt better for about 12 hours, but the next thing you know, I'm, I'm going downhill. I, I believe that I'd already contracted pneumonia by that time. Okay. So we have a, a clinic here that is really uh, renowned for the work they do for COVID, increasing their survival. And so even the doctor said, go directly there. Don't go to any other place. Go there. And so I went in there and uh, remember walking back to the back room before I was going to be seen. I'd never had pneumonia before. Didn't know what it felt like. I felt really bad. I did. Um, That's the last thing I remember. Uh, So what I'm about to say right now is basically what's been told to me, the doctor's notes I've looked at. So I went from hospitality ER, which was the local clinic here, to the hospital, ICU, and uh, they ended up putting me on the vent. Uh, I was on the vent for, I, I don't really know, but I was on the vent for a while, and I was continually to degrade. My condition was worsening. And uh, to the point where the they gave me a, a zero to five percent chance of surviving. Wow. And uh, there was one night that I crashed. Uh, I went to respiratory failure, and uh, my wife uh, was called. I have a buddy of mine. Uh, I've got two sons in the military. Buddy of mine, basically, he helped uh, grease the skids on getting them in town. Well. Got to say that uh, my oldest, he is a Navy corpsman, and he saw what how they were caring for me and became very upset. As he told me later, he said, Dad, they weren't trying to save you. They were just trying to make you comfortable. And he decided to take matters in his own hands, finds the pulmonologist and just begs him, says, is there anything else you could do for my dad? And he goes, yeah, I can do a lot more. And so at the same time, the, my wife had taken off the DNR because she said, look, if you're saying my husband has a 5% chance of surviving, he'll show up for the rest of the 95%. And they called the uh, ethicist at the hospital honor and they had to have a meeting. But by then, it, Jesus. Uh, yeah, you know, talk about the pressure on my wife. Uh, and, you know, not to mention, can we do this? Well, that's not part of our protocol. Can we do that? That's not part of our protocol. Can we get him an IV bag of vitamin C? No, it's not part of our protocol. It won't kill me. If I'm dying already, it could only help. Right. You know, and she was so frustrated that she lashed out at the doctor and looked at her and said, can you tell me, can you look me straight in the face and say that you've doctored my husband to the best of your ability, to all the knowledge that you have? And she just walked out of the room. The doctor walked out of the room. And so not only are they not being empathetic or compassionate, they, uh, they're they just you know, not helping. Let's say all things being equal, I was going to die the care to the family was nil. I mean, they Mm -hmm. just treat her so poorly. 
up until the pulmonologist took over. They had a meeting, and the pulmonologist said, you know, he, he as Cindy put it, looked really frustrated about the vent settings. And he said, this is my plan for care. I'm taking over. Well, the other were in charge of my care, and they backed off. And Cindy said he walked into the room, and it was like he was adjusting levels on the EQ. It's about as dramatic as it was on my vent settings, and I started getting better. Ari, I'm going to tell you, they were killing me with, uh, with carbon docs. Well, they were giving me too much oxygen, which I had a – I was hyperventilating to death. Jesus. And he does an adjustment. And all of a sudden, my levels start getting better. I was retaining water and, you know, because of that, the vent settings. And so I continually pro to progress after change the vent settings to a point where they're like, hey, let's get them off the vent and put the trach in them. And so when they put the trach in me, that's about the time I started coming out of the coma and stuff. The... <clears throat> The one night, uh, two nurse techs came in. Hey, can I, said, can, yeah. I, can I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. How long were you in a coma? About a month and a half. Wow. It, I have to ask this question because you're the only person I've ever known to be in a coma. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> go well, ahead. Send it. Do you, do you dream? Do you, do, do, what happens? Do you, like, do, you, do you like black out and you're in a coma and then you wake up and you're like, what the fuck? Like, like two minutes later? Okay, yes. Uh, okay, let me just break it down. So I was on paralytics. I was in a medically induced coma, so I was on paralytics and this stuff called Versed, which is a memory eraser. That's why I can only remember walking down the hall at the first clinic I was wow. at. However, what I could tell you was when I was in a coma, I was comfortable, man. It was like being in the womb. Yeah, I didn't really have any care in the world, and I and I really put, uh, give it to my family that stood by me, played my music for me, talked to me. Uh, even a lot of the nurses came in and uh, in the worst times cradled me and, and would go, "Yo, you're not going to give up. You're a marine," type of thing. And and I'm going to tell you that it is so important to your listeners if you have somebody in that state. You need to talk to them. You need to talk to them because that's the only thing, Ari, that kept me relevant here. Yep. They kept me here. You know, uh, yeah, medical science brought me, but if I gave up hope, I wouldn't be here. Wow. And you think about the people that weren't allowed to have family or you know, just one person for a mm -hmm. short period of time. And that was kind of our case, but just any little bit helps. Um, so I get out of the, I wake up out of the coma and now I'm, I'm not completely off the – I mean, they're, I still got the residual effects from the Versed, which is – well, let me just say this. I will never experiment with LSD or anything like that. <laughs> well, that's okay. good. That, uh, I <laughs> We're too horrific, old to experiment, man. Come on. I had the worst trips anyone <laughs> could ever have, and you and I will talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> – uh, and that seems to be common with that drug versus when you're coming off of it. But this is what happens. So I wake up to nurse text go like, hey, we're going to change your sheets and you're down. You've been in it for a while, blah, blah, blah. Now, I can't talk. 
that's one of the first things that you realize is that when you come out of a coma, the first thing you lose is the, the ability to talk. Mm-hmm. I think I'm talking. I mean, I've had conversations with people that I wasn't saying anything, right? So they reach over uh, across the bed and pull my arm across my chest and want me to grab onto the side of the bed so they can get the sheets out. Well, I immediately just start, I mean, I was in excruciating pain. It's like they pulled my shoulder out of socket. And so then later on, when I'm now fully conscious, I remember the first time I saw, you know, my wife come in and I still can't talk. Uh, but I looked down on my bed and I see this arm. Arnie, I lost 70 pounds wow. in the coma. And it's not the weight loss plan that I recommend. Don't like, click, or follow me, okay? So just, uh, <laughs> well, see, I was thinking about opening this business where you can get, like, whole body <laughs> tattoos or, or you can lose weight, you know, if you're afraid right, of like, the yeah, pain. Not, yeah, not recommended. No, no. See, you put you in a coma for, like, a month, and we cover you in your tattoos that you want. You don't feel any pain. <laughs> Anything like that? It's fantastic, but you're already saying... there's a there's a downside though. Okay, See, when I, I went went through I all my know. fat, I started going through my muscle. Oh well, that's bad. I guess. I, I yeah, guess they think yeah. That's bad. So hey, I'm not saying I could have lost like 25 pounds, <laughs> but 70 pounds, man, Good I look Lord. like a concentration camp survivor. I mean, I'm not taking that lightly. I did not recognize myself to the but, point uh, where when I woke up, it sounds like they're this... treating you like one though. I mean, honestly, man, like this treatment not, is See, and is I hate medieval. to generalize. I hate to generalize because I had some amazing nurses and doctors. No, I understand. I, also, I understand. I had some that, that were, like, really bad that I wouldn't be here if they had continued caring for me. Man. So it is like a, a lottery system. You You get what you get, and you hope that the guys, you know, and I've talked to a lot of nurses. Uh, when I came out and told them my story and stuff, and they're like, I've had nurses go like, you know, I've, I've worked there. I see what's happening. I just want to quit. I said, you can't. We, I need you. Right. We need you. We need people like you. If you need to take some time off, take it off. I said, because I get the fatigue. I understand that being a cop that you can get overwhelmed. But are they taking that? Are they being cared for as far as their mental health is concerned? Or are they being... You know, that's one question I don't know because, look, I have a bad call, like a really bad call one day, mm-hmm. and I don't feel right going to the next. I will, I will take time off because I need to be right in the head because that's when you have cops doing really stupid things oh, sure. that they wouldn't normally do because it, it is collective. Everything builds up. They need to have a release or a break, okay? And I know that. Uh, a buddy of mine called it compassion fatigue. And then there, there may be some instances where, like, well, he won backs, so he gets what he gets. Mm-hmm. And that is that is contrary to do no harm. It's contrary to the oath they took. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. I, and I like I liken it to, like, if, if I have a, a person that I'm responding to on a call as a rape victim, okay, and I go, well, shouldn't have been drunk. Yeah. You should you have been wearing what you're wearing. Okay, that's it's no different. Okay. Mm-hmm. I agree so, completely. I can tell you the nurses are are getting hammered, and I've even heard nurses say that well, the doctors don't even want to go into the rooms and with the family and with the patients. They're they're just sending us. 
so they can protect themselves. Now, again, when I say this, not every doctor is like that. That doctor that saved my life, the pulmonologist, he is a vaxxer. He, he, he encourages people to get vaccinated. But yet he still saved my life. Right. He did his job. Right. Yeah, see, right. I, I have a big mantra on this show. I, I, I play this clip from, uh, from Dallas Buyers Club, and it's simple. Oh, yeah. Do your fucking job. That, that's all I ask people to do. <laughs> I, and I don't right. care what it is. I, I don't care if you're a, a doctor. I don't care if you're a police officer. I don't care if you're a talk show host. I, I, if you're the squeegee guy at the peep show, do your fucking job. That's all. That's all that's so, asked of you. So, hey, get a load of this. It's not only just doing your job. It's making sure that you don't make your job harder or harder for somebody else. Okay? I'll like it. You know, I'll, I'll compare it to this. I go to a call, and I don't do the... the the best job that I do. Well, then, then t- the shift after me gets to go back to that and fix what I didn't do. Mm-hmm. Right. So I realized very soon that I can't move my left arm. Uh, you know, but a combination of a nerve injury, which occurred, uh, which was exacerbated by my treatment in the hospital. And then uh, the, uh, muscle atrophy okay well and also they stopped feeding me for a while because i threw up twice threw up blood twice mm. but they never figured out why that was and uh but uh, they stopped feeding me so that probably accelerated my muscle atrophy Scott, right and Scott, why, why didn't i they realized figure out, why didn't they I figure out what it was go ahead sorry why, why didn't they figure out what was making you throw up they, i mean they're in a hospital um I've got no answers. I, believe me, if I was able to ask him, I sure would. I mean, you know? I, I, <laughs> like, well, why is he throwing up so much? Well, I don't know. Well, I well, guess we'll and, never and know. And I remember, I remember doing that, Arnie. And the first time, I was like, "Oh, that was bad. I hope that doesn't happen." The second time, I was like, "God, take me now." Yeah, I don't, I, I I don't mean, want to do this again. I, I'm sitting here dumbfounded because doctors are like, "Well, uh, I, I, if we only had something that was called science." Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, that could and, possibly I mean, give I mean, us get the answer. Something. I'm going to get to something here that is, okay, very important. Okay. So if my vent settings were, were off and they've got me on the vent for like three weeks and it's not working, do you think you might want to go, hey, this isn't working. Let's get a specialist in there. I don't have to know everything, but everybody's vent settings are different. Just yeah. come in and take a look at it and see. You know, and have them adjust. I'm like, okay, we're going to keep that there for a while. Thank you very much, and we'll get back to you if we need you again, right? And, and you know, and I saw, here's I the saw thing. that happen Yeah, when they were – go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I saw that happen when they they had a, uh, a trach at me. The nurses were concerned because it's like, yeah, it's not working the way it should. They go and get a, a doc to come in, and he's like, oh, yeah, he needs just a longer trach. You know, and uh, so he switched it out, and I got better. That was all that it was. The, I wouldn't have been going through what I was going through if, let's say, I had to be on the vent. The, everybody's vent settings are different, and if they would have just, like, continued to adjust it uh, or, you know, get some professional, skilled person in there that deals just with pulmonology, it may not have been, you know, they, uh, had a, such a bad issue. But coming out, I am, I'm uh, disabled. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I I've now gotten use of my left arm, 
but I've got a brachial plexus uh, nerve injury. And, and so when I saw the COVID or saw the orthopedic guy, uh, just the basic uh, physician assistant, he goes, oh, yeah, that's COVID shoulder. I'm like, really? Because it feels, feels like, feels like uh, somebody uh, did MMA on me while I was in a coma. Uh, I know I can tell you that I've got numbness in my legs and my arms and stuff like that. But that is symmetrical. It's, it's all – I think that was due to maybe the lack of oxygen uh, for a bit. Uh, I can definitely say that's COVID-related. But my injury is not. Is not. It is because they were flipping me over. Uh, oh, not to mention, they. Uh, I have pressure wound scars on my face where they weren't turning me over every two hours. They nice. left me on my face for probably I'm thinking twelve hours or longer. And well, now they, like they were doing a, society a favor with that, but I mean, <laughs> well, you know, I was like, I wasn't that good looking to begin with. You didn't have to make it worse. <laughs> Holy cow! You know. But, you know, and that's, that's superficial. I get that. I'm glad to be here. I am, uh, and I'm not vindictive, and I'm just, I'm, and I'm. Well, you called look, the I, right guy then. <laughs> man, I just, I just look at it like, okay, so this is hard on all of us. But, you know, when you lose 200 patients, when do you go, hey, what we're doing is not working? Man, you are preaching to the choir. Preaching to and, the choir. And I'm going to tell you, if. If I was on a, you know, like as a police officer, I was on a call and I failed at 200% or 200 calls that I went to, it's probably not anything else, but I'm doing it wrong, right? That's mm-hmm. what everybody's going to look at. And, and so I, you know, this is my personal belief. Uh, I believe the protocols are killing more people than COVID ever has. Uh, and there's science to support that. Uh, you guys might want to look up the COVID-19 um, conference that just happened about a month ago in Texas. And uh, there's a doctor that describes his father-in-law going through the same thing I did, and but he didn't make it. So uh, he, he was actually kicked out of the hospital because he said, hey, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> hey, you need to, you're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And they, they kicked him out of the hospital. So uh, and he's a doctor. I mean, he, he knows. And, and you know, I go back to Britain. Britain knew enough medicine to be dangerous. You know, he was like, you, you're you not saving my dad. Right. You guys don't know what you're doing. And palliative care is just to make you comfortable so you die. It's, it's, I, 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 I look at it like hospice. It's like hospice care. Wow. They, they were just like, mm, okay. They weren't doing anything, to, uh, like I said. Any creative, you know, and the hospitals are really the, at fault because, I mean, they're corporations. These doctors will lose their licenses, lose their protection of, uh, of being sued if they go outside of the protocols that we've established. I, I, so I'm, ca- I'm truly dumbfounded because, like, I, I thought that, that the number one thing was do no harm. And right. it, it sounds like you were quite harmed. Over the, uh, the, the, the the time that you were you were in a coma, they gave you a tracheotomy. Uh, I mean, you have well, atrophy. the trach was a lifesaver. Yeah, because but, but that's, I mean, still, usually you when get people off get the that, bed. the tracheotomy is right. not the best thing to get. 
we can no. agree on that. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I'm absolutely. Just, I, I mean, it, it's gone down this road for you, the way they treated you with these things. It, it truly is a miracle that you're here. Honestly. Arnie, I, I, and there's not a day that I don't – I mean, hell, I've been walking around thinking I'm in the Matrix because mm-hmm. I'm like – I'm like, you know, is this real? Am, am I really here? Because my dreams when I was coming off the meds were so lifelike, so real, Okay. So then when I came out completely, I'm like, man, I didn't want to go to sleep because I felt, I felt like I wasn't going to wake up. When I, was, when I went into the coma and when I woke up, felt like I just took an eight-hour uh, nap. And I realized on the TV, the world had changed. In a month. You, you'd be surprised. I mean, we, let, we pulled out of Afghanistan. Oh, we yeah. had a hurricane. We had all this stuff going on. You, you didn't you miss know. anything with the pullout of Afghanistan except the worst fucking tripe in American history. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. And but, hey, but we can't impeach him on that. Man, <laughs> <laughs> you got to have people that are willing to do it, buddy. Yeah, you, oh, you I, just, I know. It, nobody's – you know, it's like they'll, they'll talk bad about them, but they're not going to do anything about it, Mm-mm. you know, as from what I've seen. But – I, I am very, very thankful to be here, to be alive. Uh, I've been looking for uh, outlet Cindy and I both because people are like, you need to tell your story. We just didn't have – first, we had to come to grips with what happened. Mm-hmm. We still were processing because she's got her perspective. I've got mine. Sands about a month and a half that I don't remember. Okay? So we had to compare notes. I've compared notes with my son, Britton, uh, because – Really, you never want to get the the Red Cross message like your dad has minutes to hours to right. survive. Yeah, you know, That's and a tad bit on and the I, dramatic side, and that was one of the most important things this this uh, uh, Christmas when they came back in. I said, my boys saw me, but I didn't see them, and I wanted to show them that I'm still here and I'm mm-hmm. still getting better and I'm I'm not going away. You can't. By the way, Arnie, your assassins failed. Okay, you need to pay them more. <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> yeah, a bunch of lightweights coming after me. Man, oh <laughs> man, yeah. <laughs> I just, I like, like, but, I, I, like, I, I remember following the story. I remember when, when your wife Cindy put up the post, the initial post. I, I posted right, right away. You know, I was like, oh my god. You know, if there's anything I could do, of course you got. You know, you had a whole police department by you, had a whole town by you, Dude, and and it, Artie, it, it was Artie, amazing. That's been the most amazing thing about this, right? Is that when, and I'm not saying amazing in a good way, but they, we had no pro like protocols for uh, we, the last in line officer death we had was in like 1960s. Right. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't even policy on what to do. They were scrambling to go like, OK, he's not doing it. We need to get some guys up there to stand vigil. Um, it was a whirlwind of like we we got caught with our pants down, you know, and I got to say that my department has been amazing uh, helping me through this. That's awesome. uh, it was covered under workers comp because I got it at work. Um, so, I mean, I, I have no complaints there uh, that. I can tell you that you never really know the impact you have on people's lives until you almost die. It's the closest thing to being um, at your own funeral Mm -hmm. because I was humbled and blown away by the amount of support. And and Artie, you know Cindy for years. Yeah. Dude, she is a 
tough, tough woman. Yeah, that's why she I, was Anisius. Everybody, I mean, said, come on, you, we didn't take we didn't did. take pussies into the Nisius field. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, she you was the only female Nisius that we had. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, and, shit. Uh, and I was busy as as everybody was trying to get her drunk. She was passing me the, the beers underneath, and I was drinking them for her. So she, <laughs> you know, uh, so y'all thought she uh, could drink a lot, but no, I, I it was me. <laughs> so, uh, man, uh, I can tell you that uh, there's a uh, Man, thank thank you, Arnie, for checking on her. Uh, I and I absolutely people have apologized, going like, "Man, I am." You there? Phone die? Hello? Hey, you there? Yeah. Okay. Hi. I'm there. Okay. Yeah. I thought you died. Right. I was like, "What? What happened?" Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I died. The hospital finally got him. Those doctors finally got him. Side effect from COVID. I just died and wake up back up. (laughs) Oh, he's down again. Okay, he's up. So, uh, no, it was everybody really tried to reach out. And the ones that didn't were like, we didn't want to overwhelm Cindy. And and that's that's fine. Because it it absolutely would have. And, you know, it really came down to like, hey, we need the lawn mode. And guys took care of it. Uh, you know, there were, really wasn't much, you know, taking care of Elliot while Cindy would come up and, and see me. Mm-hmm. Um, it really uh, was very little that people could do. And I and I feel for him because I, I would only imagine, I can only imagine how that felt. But when I got back, because I'm working light duty now, uh, I went back awesome. to work. And that, I am what, so happy to hear that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that is and, awesome. And I've got to, looks like I'm going to get uh, surgery. You there? Mm-hmm, I'm here. Okay, yeah, so it looks like I'm going to get surgery, and the doctor feels I'll get uh, about 90% chance of coming back, like getting everything back. So That's awesome, man. I am uh, so happy to hear that. Well, and, and one of my coworkers, she saw me, she goes, I knew you weren't going to die. I'm like, oh, yeah, how do you know? And she goes, you're too stubborn. I'm like, you're, you're damn right. I am, you know, and I can tell you that, man, I'm so glad to be able to talk to you, Arnie. And, and thank you again. Um, I just, uh, I, I thought you were just going to call me. I, I forgot that you were actually in a show right now. Yeah. Uh, so I was kind of caught off guard, but man, I've been prepping to tell my story. And if anybody wants, you know, more information, uh, you know, Get in contact with Arnie, and and I'll I'll answer any questions that you guys may have. Um, no, except about comas, because you don't re- remember any of that. I mean, that, the one yeah. powerful question I had, you just shit all over. Well, you know, but the answer to that is, man, I was comfortable. Well, that I, is, I mean that that that's a that's something to look forward to whenever I enter my right. first diabetic so, coma. So you think of with you know I'm I'm Christian. Mm-hmm. And you think of when you go to heaven, you care or want for nothing. You, everything was fine. Everything, you know, the, all the troubles and stuff. And that's, Cindy says I'm much more relaxed around the home now. Because I'm like, hey, baby, is anybody dying right now? No? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So we don't need to stress that you can't it, find your phone. It's giving okay? it, it's giving you a lot of perspective, huh? Absolutely, buddy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because you know I. You know, I didn't have too many adversaries at work or anything like that, but you know, we've I've had conflicts with some, and it took that for all of us to realize, man, life's too short to be bickering about high school, you know, so and so go let the car dirty, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's I think the blessing in all this is that it, it made people think. Um, how we treat each other. Yeah. And as somebody said, you know, the dispatcher came up to me and she's in tears and she goes, I'm so glad to see you. When I heard, she's like, not Scott, not Scott, Uh you know, and I never thought that I mattered at the PD. You know, I, I thought, uh, I thought I was just another troop another guy that does the job and you know as long as uh, as long as I don't get in trouble all's good you know sure and and I'm talking the outreach to Cindy because she you know she showed me on Facebook like look how many people and I see they're like 250 270 some comments or you know whatever and she goes and this is the tip of the iceberg now the the downside of all this is that some people are using my situation to see Scott. Scott was the vax and look where he's at. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, yeah, yeah, they're going to use you on both sides of it. You know, and, like, and I that, just want the sad I part. just want the freedom of choice. Yeah, it's, it's my body, my choice, and I Used I did be. not get vaxxed for the sole reason that. I was in the military where they tried to get the anthrax shot to everybody. And I was about a week away from getting it, and they shut it down because of quality control concerns. We don't know the long-term effects mm-hmm. of this vaccinated. But if you if you want to get vaccinated, I'm all about it. Just leave me alone. Okay? Yeah, I, look, I've had that outlook the whole time that this thing is going on. It is your right, right. to get one, or it is your right to not get one. I'm not going to unfriend you because you didn't get one. I'm not going to unfriend you because you got one. That's your choice. That's the way it used to be in this country. Arnie, let me ask you something. Why are we trying to vaccinate our kids? I, I Look, man, when it comes to this whole thing, I got vaccinated because I'm fat, and that's an underlying condition. And, and Yeah, and you're at high risk or whatever. Well, and here's the other thing. I saw the passport writing on the wall. I knew that that was going yeah. to happen. And oh, yeah. I like to travel, and I knew I had a big 50th stand-up show to do, and I'd have to travel with that. So I right. got it for the sole purpose of getting that. Did I think it was going to work? Absolutely not. It was created by our government. It's not going to work in, in overnight time. Did I? By the way, I'm sorry I missed that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a little predisposed. Yeah, I, oh, I understand. But, <laughs> but it's like so. you look at all this, and you go, what's it about? What is well, it let me about? tell you something unique about us vaccinating our kids and why why it's so so bad is that the kids our children are about half as likely to die from COVID than those that are vaccinated. It's like uh, three hundred something have died from COVID naturally. Seven hundred have died from the vaccine. Mm-hmm. 
and why are we vaccinating them? They're not likely to get it. They, uh, I've seen the research on it where they don't have as many receptors. They're little, they're, right? They're, we're vaccinating them to protect us. Now, what kind of perverse society are we putting our kids on the front line to protect us? Mm-hmm. That is that is an abomination. I will never. I will be homeschooling my son if if they force him to get vaxxed. Because I'm like, you haven't proved to be it's safe, and over half of the kids that were vaccinated died compared to. Um, the regular COVID, I think we'll take our chances on that, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and you used to have that option. Like, I mean, that that's right. the weirdest thing about this, this that's going on right now is that everybody is either one side or the other. And it's like, well, one side, you can have the other. If you just allow people to live their own lives. Right. You know? and, and it's, and that's why you see that it's more about control than it is about saving us. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about schedule op- obsolescence. We get a vax. Well, we're going to need another vax. And we need two shots for that same vax. But now we need a booster. They're spreading this out as, as if like you're on a lease plan for, uh, you know, automobile or something like that, or, or you're purchasing a lease agreement where, uh, and then they're upselling all these other things. Mm-hmm. And, I, it is, yeah, I, I would recommend anybody, uh, everybody to watch uh, a show called Dope Sick because you, you will, it's uh, about the investigation into Oxycontin mm-hmm. uh, epidemic, right? And you see how these pharmaceutical companies operate. And then one thing that stands out was when the Oxycontin, when people were getting uh, acclimated to the amount of, they, they called it. Oh, they're having breakthrough pain. We've we've heard breakthrough somewhere, haven't we? Just mm-hmm. recently. Oh yeah. These are breakthrough cases. Uh-huh. So they're like using the same model to to continue pushing a vaccine that is not proven to be safe. Now I could tell you this in my my little conspiracy theorist head that. This problem was created, and then they had a key to go with it. I don't necessarily think the vaccines are meant to be dangerous. I meant, I think they're meant to be, well, you could do whatever you want as long as you get vaccinated. And, yeah. and how do you how you determine who's for or against you? You create something like this, and you can pretty much say, blanket say, oh, those that are unvaxxed, you're anti-government. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and they tried. Yeah. They tried. They wanted to make Paris uh, parents who disagreed with school boards, you know, domestic terrorists. They wanted to define right. them as that. I mean, right. and, and you, you sit back and you look at all this and you just wonder, you go, why is all this happening? Like you said, you're a conspiracy Because we were asleep at the wheel, Arnie, yeah, and oh. we voted these people in or just allowed them to get voted in if those of you didn't vote. Um, and not only just either didn't vote or didn't care, didn't re- do the research, but we also took our eye off of the uh, voting uh, booths and how that was, you know, I'm sorry, there's enough evidence there that says that, not that it would have changed whether Trump won or lost, but any any kind of uh, infraction when you're talking about voting needs to be addressed, addressed with harshly. Mm-hmm. Because the day that we feel that that one side or the other cannot vote 
will never get a say in the vote is the day that we collapse and we go into civil war. And I'm not, and I'm not saying war is in battle. It, it you know, who knows what that's going to look like. But when you have a whole half of the country disenfranchised by saying like, well, you can't vote, you'll never have another well, your people that you support be able to, to win the elections because we're going to make sure we're going to rig the elections mm-hmm. where it's one sided. Mm-hmm. That's why we have to have voter accountability. And, and it's just their their arguments are just insane. Like you don't need an ID card to vote. The yeah. hell you say? Oh, you know, oh believe like, me. Like, look, I've gone down this road about like this, yeah. this whole idea about how voter ID cards are racist because black people can't get driver's license, which has been debunked completely. They don't know right. how to use the internet. And, and it's a racist debunked. statement. I mean, it's, it's like, the most racist statement out there. It's just like right. saying the N-word, for God's sakes, but they think they're doing something that's empathetic towards that group of people. People just need to realize, look, we're all different in this country. We're going to vote for different shit. That doesn't make us any more or less than of a person. It makes no. us equal to you. And we just want our voice heard because you asked. Right. You know, you know I mean, it, and I, I got to say that, you know, it's been hard to, when people come up and, and try to uh, say, well, are you going to get vax now? I've had to change my response because the people that care, and I know they care, Arnie. I know mm-hmm. they do. Okay. That's not, that's not the issue. But I'm actually now starting to feel, well, I can't go through this again, so I'm writing you off if, if you get it again. I'm, I can't invest in that anymore. Right. Right. It was too hard for me. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, hey, that's the sense. Now, they haven't come out and said that, but that is really kind of the, I mean, I had a, a nurse come up to me and was like, so are you going to get vaccinated? I'm like, what, you want to kill me? Because I've got like weapons grade natural immunity. I don't know if you know that, but I right. you want some, I'll give you my plasma. Hey, I'll just I'll start donating plasma to anybody asks for it. You know, it's just, but it's it's crazy because it, you know, and the biggest problem is that because this whole pandemic was a shit show, and everybody's scrambling to find out the facts and what's what helps, what doesn't. And we've got Fauci up there contradicting himself, lying about funding the, the lab, that all this stuff, right? That we don't know what's right or wrong. So how can you hold me accountable for me doing what my conscience is saying? Mm-hmm. And they say, follow the science. Well, your science is just as wrong as if you're pointing at me. You're, I'm saying your science is wrong. Yeah. And you're saying my science is wrong, but how do we know? How do we know? Oh, look, it's, look, it's, this is how you know. Let, let me share this with you. So oh, the, yeah, the so follow the science here is the social distancing, which, by the way, was nothing oh, more, yeah, yeah. which was nothing more, honestly, because it was outed as a science fair project that didn't even win. Now, <laughs> at, at, at the highest time of, of rates of COVID in this country, pretty much every state, had a mask mandate in place. And the right. numbers continue to go up. So right. what does that tell me? That tells me that masks don't do shit. Right. 
yet we all run back to that oh-so-cool mask every single time. So I, I think I need to get this really important fact out uh, that uh, at the symposium, uh, the COVID-19 symposium they had in Texas, I saw it on uh, YouTube. I don't know if it's still up, but uh, Brian, Brian Hall, Representative Brian Hall was hosting it. And it was uh, this doctor was going over the results for rendesimir, and he said it actually should be called run death is near. Wow. Right. So I had a friend of mine who's married to a Marine about my age. We go in the hospital. He's in the Metroplex. I'm here. I've never met him, but we are basically mirroring each other, mirroring each other for uh, like our symptoms. I, I get sepsis. He gets sepsis. Uh, he actually got like uh, rendesimir. I did not. He had kidney failure and he had uh, liver toxicity um, and two lung collapses. That's not related to the rendesimir, but the the occurrence of liver toxicity and kidney failure. The pulmonologist said that as long as Scott's kidneys hold up, he'll, we're going to get through this. My kidneys held up. Mm-hmm. His did not, and he didn't make it. Eight-year-old daughter. Uh, I have a 10-year-old. I mean, just we were kind of mirror images of each other. Uh, you know, Both of us were a little bit overweight. Both of us Marines. Uh, his wife was a nurse, is a nurse, and they threatened to kick her out when she was going like, if you do that, you're going to kill him. Well, she was such a problem that uh, she believes one of the nurses called CPS on her. Yikes. And so the week before he died, he she was at the house dealing with CPS, doing their investigation, which was unfounded, and came back. She just got it. I will always wonder if had I been there and not dealing with CPS, if he would be alive right now. And it is, like I said, the, the arrogance on some of these doctors and nurses of like, this is the protocol. This is what works, but it's not working. Mm-hmm. It's not working. And as one of the doctors said, I suppose he's like, if everybody's thinking alike, he says science can be is wrong is wrong a lot. So if everybody's thinking alike, then somebody is not thinking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's the biggest. If we're all like get facts, get facts, like lemmings, uh, or like it, when I was at boot camp, we lined up and we got a billion shots. You know, just uh, no. You didn't have any say there. No, and you know what, my uh, my son who saved my life. He may get kicked out of the debut with the other and honorable because he he is his conviction is like, I do not want to take a vaccine that came from uh, aborted babies and and things like that. And I go, you know what? I cannot tell you because I know that my biggest uh, relation to that is the anthrax. I had guys come back to the staff. Don't get it. Do not get it. It felt like acid going in my veins. I know two guys are medically retired after getting it. Right. Mm. And that's and that's in my sphere of influence. Right. So 
we didn't have a choice. The choice was made for me when they shut down the plant due to quality control concerns and found out that Army General had stock in the pharmaceutical company. Uh-huh. Our anthrax threat at the time was minuscule. Why are we getting this? Why are we getting this? And you follow the money, you find out that, hey, we create this problem, we create the solution, and we make lots of money. Yep. Uh, I agree, my man. And, and I, I told Britton, you know, my son, I go, you, you do what you think is right. No matter if I agree or not, I will always love you. I go, I will support you in whatever decision you make. And God, if our society acted like that, this would be a much better world. It I'm would. Telling you. I have a question. The uh, uh, Braddy kid asked, the son that saved your life, is he automatically your favorite child now? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. No, he, he, def- he definitely owes me. Oh, okay. He owed me. Yeah, it was my oldest son, and he has Asperger's. And, uh, man, I tell you what, uh, he, he was rough because if you know anything about Asperger's, they're super, super intelligent, but super arrogant about, mm-hmm. you know, and, but no, uh, I love all my sons equally. I love them for different <laughs> reasons. You know, they all have gifts and that's my, uh, my that's my Hollywood answer. Right. There you go. But, that, that's your story. That's the official answer. That what an amazing achievement that all the problems I had with Britain and he comes in and saves me. Yep. You know, I I love the fire of that boy. And yeah, as much problems as it wasn't his fault. I mean, he was bullied every godfrey second day of his life in school to the point in high school I had to homeschool because he was about to flip a switch. And I go, and I told the school, I said, I don't know if it's my son, but if you don't stop, if you don't try to get on this bullying, we know how bad it gets. Tell him about it. We know that's that's the textbook case of you allow bullying to go unfettered. Uh, people get uh, detention or whatever for doing really sick and, and horrible things to the uh, kids that they're bullying. It's gonna it's gonna uh, create a big problem, one that you won't know how to handle I, when it does. Can it, can I let me let me ask you a question because it sounds like you've dealt with the bullying. I stand yeah. on the side where. I understand what you're saying as a parent of someone that was bullied, probably to the point where it wasn't bullying anymore. It was flat-out assault or, or more things like that. I, I liken it to uh, psychological torture. Okay. Did, did I, I just want to know, did your son stand up to the bullies? Yes, I told him because he was starting to get, you know, kind of his aggressions were coming out. He was so just so frustrated. I said, look. And this is the hardest conversation I ever had with my son. Because he was making threats to them. And I, he, one time he said, you know, if you don't stop, I'll get my AK-47 and I'll kill you. Right? Of course, that went up to the principal and it, he got suspended. And I told him, I said, look. I said, let me tell you about the, whether you could use deadly force or not. Because I think it's applicable here. You need to know. You need to be able to defend yourself or somebody else, okay? And the threat has to be of serious bodily harm or death, 
okay? And I will support you if you stand up, if you fight these guys that are, you know, messing with you. And it happens. He, um, the problem is the school was like, okay, well, they both get suspended. And they were, uh, and it was a deal where Britain was working with agricultural stuff, and this uh, football jock comes up and kicks dirt in his face. And Britain looks at him and goes, you know, what the F did you do that for? And the, and the kid put him in a headlock. Mm-hmm. So Britain, he tells me, he's like, Dad, I did what you, you know, he was like a predator. So I was trying to punch him in the eyes. Because I said, if you hit a predator in the eyes, they, that's what they want to protect. If they can't see, they, they're they're going to starve to death or whatever. So he he was trying to punch, and they threatened to ticket my son for disorderly conduct fighting because he threw punches. And I was, I stood up because there was counselors and the principals and all that. I stood up. I said, how long do you think I would be doing what I do if I arrested every victim that, that defended themselves against being assaulted? Mm-hmm. I like zero seconds. I would be fired. Okay. We're trying to teach these kids about the real world. Well, said you punishing Britain by ticket is like, I don't care about the suspension. We'll talk about conflict resolution all day, what he could have done differently, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, but he got assaulted and he's defending himself. And you're telling, I said, you're going to have bigger problems than me because I know you got a boss and your boss has a boss and you're, and, and this will not, I will not sit and let, let you sit there and tar- target my son. Because he's difficult because he's got Asperger's, you know, and I'm not a helicopter parent, but that boy definitely needed somebody to be an advocate for him uh, many times uh, because, you know, he had R's and things like that. And the teachers were like, well, I've been teaching this way for 30 years. I'm not going to change the way I teach. Mm-hmm. We, we should be teaching the way our kids learn, kinetic or, you know, if they're auditory learners. Um, they – in many cases, they they dropped the ball in Britain, and that's why I ended up you – know, they couldn't stop the bullying. So I, And he was to the point where I was worried about him taking his own life. Mm. I, I, look, so, I, I understand, and, and this, is the, this is the world that we've allowed to happen. You know, back right. in our day, back in our day, if a bully fucked with you, you stood up to the bully, and then the bully moved right. on to somebody else. And I, or, I, I, or you became friends with the bully. Yeah, I mean, it was like, yeah, yeah okay, mean, you had a mutual respect for each other, right? And now it, it, what it's, we are finding is cops who are wanting to be cops now don't know how to handle conflict because of that. It starts as kids. Mm-hmm. You fight for what you believe. And I used to – the guys I was training, I'd be like, tell me an instance where you fought. I don't care if you're right or wrong, but you fought for what you believe mm-hmm. in school. And – as the years went by, there were less and less people like, no, I pretty much got along with everybody. And I go, well, that means people walked over you or you didn't want to get in trouble for mm-hmm. standing up for what you believed. Yeah, and these but- are these are people that are having to deal with situations where they have to be assertive and aggressive. You know, and they don't know they're not it's they don't instinctively know how to do it. And they never will. They, they, they won't. I mean, you learn at an early age to stand up for yourself. I mean, I know, I know. You know, it's it, it's one of those things. I famously tell the story. I, I came home from school one day crying when I was eight, and I said, "Dad, the kids called me fat." 
My dad looked at me. He goes, you are fat. Do something about it. <laughs> right. You know, and, 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 and I, I, I felt at the time, I felt like, oh, my God, my dad didn't help me. But it was the greatest lesson that my dad ever taught me is that if I know it, nobody could hurt me with calling me fat. No, no. no nobody. You know, I, I used to tell people on the street, I say, you know, because you have some guy, you know, hardened criminal. And, you know, he's on probation or whatever and uh, a parole. And I, I remember this one case, and, and I go, dude, why did you punch that dude? It's like, called my mama a whore. I'm like, well, is she? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. And he goes, he goes, yeah, but, man, I'm not going to let him call my mama. I'm like, okay, you, sticks and stones. Remember that whole thing? It's like, you just let him power have power over you. Mm-hmm. And now you got to defend yourself in court because you, you let him get to you. He means nothing to you. Why are you letting him? Decide what your the outcome of this, and you know, like I know it's really easy to say, well, I don't care what anybody thinks, but you should prioritize because mm. if it's somebody yelling at me because the uniform I'm wearing, I don't care. I don't. You you mean nothing. Now it's be different if my wife was going like, you're a piece of crap and blah blah blah. Yeah, I was like, hey, that hurts, mm-hmm. you know. But the general people that don't know you. Why let them get under your skin? Good call. I mean, I here here's one that I, I I've gotten, and I and I gotta get going here in a, in a few minutes. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, I, I am you know a recovering alcoholic and and drug abuser, and I learned this is my favorite thing to tell is the hula hoop theory of sobriety. Yeah. Hula hoop theory of sobriety is you take a hula hoop and you drop it over your head. Everything inside the hula hoop you can control. Everything right. outside of the hula hoop doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't. And, and, it and doesn't. That's, and that's I the way love I that look analogy. at things. I, I look at things like that now, and it's like, well, it, it it's not going to affect me, so fuck it. You know? Until right. it starts affecting me. Right. And look, I, I, I haven't had COVID, but these restrictions that are closing down America – that are shutting things down that has affected me, and, it, and it's a it's a little different for cops. Our hula hoops a little bit you know, larger mm-hmm. because what we're on duty, we have to care about what happens to other people. I, I get that, uh, but where I uh, look up the it's called the Four Agreements, and man, it it was just really instrumental in how I approach uh, law enforcement in life. And it, the Four Agreements are you know. Don't take anything personal. Okay. The reason why they're saying what they're saying is either they're poor communicators or they're dealing with something and they're just you know, projecting on you. Okay. Be immaculate with your words. Don't, we don't like to be name called. Don't name call. Don't, mm-hmm. you know, just be godlike with your words. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I ain't going to live up to that one. I'm just letting you know. No, no, that's, that's fine. <laughs> I, I believe me. Um, the hardest ones for me was uh, don't make assumptions. Like if somebody says, yeah, this, this helped me in my marriage because she would, you know, Cindy would say something and I'd be like, well, that was messed up. And she'd be like, no, I didn't mean it like that. I don't know how you took it that way. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. Right. So if you don't, if somebody says something to you, ask, okay, um, I just heard you say that. What, what did, exactly did you mean by that? You know, and clarify it. Um, 
and then the 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 catch all is do your best always. And I know it sounds really cliche, but understand you got to give yourself a break. So I may be a hundred percent today, but eighty percent tomorrow, fifty percent the next day. But just always do your best. And you can go to sleep at night that I did my best for what I had to give to the world, uh, to give my family. You know, it just depends on what what your life's like at the time. But the hardest thing would be is uh, don't take anything personal and don't make assumptions. Because I'm I telling you, we, <laughs> we, as cops, we, we have to make uh, what we call uh, – Affirmative links, affirmative links. Okay, affirmative links being, and that it's similar to assumptions. Like, well, this happened and this happened, and it's all pointing to you, so that must be what, what's happening here, right? But when you're dealing with you know individuals uh, outside of law enforcement and stuff like that, uh, don't take it personal and don't make assumptions are are probably the hardest things uh, to do, because. The the agreement is like you said your your dad said you are fat, mm-hmm. and it hurt your feelings at first. But some of the best advice that we have are not is not the advice we want to hear. No. And the other thing the other thing is that when you know so like my dad he thought I was lazy and and would never make Marine Corps boot camp, and I didn't agree with that. But some kids growing up, when their parents talk down to them, like, uh, let's say, hey, yo, you're, you're tone deaf. Don't, I don't like your voice. That can damage a kid when they never want to sing again. Well, you know, if they're a bad but, singer in the house, then you've done yourself a favor, though. Say again? If, you're, if the kid's a bad singer, you've done yourself a favor. <laughs> right. I mean, right. yeah, you tell hey, man, you well, suck. That's where you guide them into another asset of their musical ambition, like uh, not the drums, not the trumpet. No, no, uh, no, no, no. Guitar, guitar, that kind of thing. Something soothing. Yes, not, very. Not, not maybe, the piccolo. Or maybe the that, that big round rock that they bang on, the bong, bong, <laughs> bong, bing, bong, bong. Right. Hell, they want to play bong. that all goddamn day. That's relaxing as shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, well hey, man, thank you for having me on. I didn't want to take up all your time or anything like that. Scott, hope, I'm uh, so glad to hear that you are on the, the, the full yeah. road to recovery and that you're back. Man, my lungs are good. I mean, I feel normal except for my shoulder. That's the only thing that's uh, been a setback. All right. Uh, so so and, when, I, uh, when I come see you, I'm going to come see you and, and where you live. Are you going to take me to Earl Campbell's house? You know, I don't even know where he how, how do you live in that city and not know where Earl Campbell lives? It's Earl Campbell. I know, I know. We'll, t- we'll, you know what? We'll talk later. All right, buddy. Uh, he's a great guy. I'll, I'll say that. All right. I met him, and, and I, I think the world of him. Uh, Earl's the but, king. Come on now. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, believe me, we, we hear nothing but. In fact, the Earl Campbell Awards just, you know, was on like last night or night before last. Nice. Uh, so yeah, uh, dude, he's he's a relic from a when football was football. Yeah, you know? oh, I I hear you, I hear you. Well, hey, you have a good rest of your day. Tell Cindy I said hey, and we I all, will. We, we all, God bless you. We all got to get together soon. Hey, I'm just proud to be part of the Ass Family. All right, my man. Well, hey, glad you're doing better. <laughs> you take care, buddy. See ya.
my buddy Scott, who uh, law enforcement guy, went through a lot with COVID. It's amazing to hear that story. It's amazing that that kind of story can happen in America. That's the whole thing. But uh, so thank you, Scott. Scott, you can call anytime. I appreciate that. A uh, couple stories to end the show with because I don't want anybody to get a, a, a leg up on me on these stories because these are some fucking great stories right here. The first one, uh, this to me is awesome. This is why you don't mess with the chosen people. Hamas claims it has captured an Israeli spy dolphin. A dolphin. Flipper. They say it's an Israeli spy dolphin equipped with weapons of capable of assassinating its fighters off Gaza. Oh, my God. The Israelis have trained dolphins to use weapons? I, look, I thought it was impressive that our Navy uses dolphins to, like, sniff out bombs. But now the Israelis have dolphin killers or killer dolphins. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they, they got a picture of the harness that looks like it goes right on the snout or whatever the uh, on the end of the porpoise. This is fantastic. I, if this is true, I will never not be an ally of the Israeli people. They are always going to be on my side. They have tra- The chosen people have trained aquatic mammals to use guns. Damn, that's badass. I bet you, I bet you anything they're trying to get those dolphins to grow curls down the side of their heads. Flipper the Jewish hitman. This is awesome. I love that we and and by the way, who assumes that these dolphins are Israeli? Well, that that one looks kind of American. I I mean, look, I. I know that dolphins' lives matter, but but I, I'm not trying to be racist here. But don't all dolphins look alike? Like you look at one and go, "Oh, that one's ugly." Ooh, that's a good-looking one. No, it, it it's a dolphin. Israelis just grab up a bunch of dolphins. And go, okay, you're going to be our assassins from now on. That's badass. Shit, that I, I wouldn't expect. See, that's what makes Israel so fucking awesome. That is the last ammo I, I would expect them to turn into a killer. Think about it. Australia will definitely, they, they're easy. But they got everything on that island that can kill you. But what they're going to design, they're going to design the assassin koala. Yeah, yeah. They're going to throw throwing stars at you. That's how fucked up that whole idea is. Mm-hmm. Nobody will see that coming because nobody saw assassins that were dolphins coming. You got koalas. Oh, you give the little koala. Oh, crikey. Oh, it kept my jugular. Mexico, I'm telling you right now, 
Everybody's thinking Mexico. What would it be at Mexico? Rat? No. No. I, I, you know what it is in Mexico? It's a chicken. They have fighting chickens. But they're assassin chickens. You know how they have cockfights and everything? But these are these are cock assassins. Mexico has the deadliest chickens in the world. They are no match, though, for the Israeli <laughs> dolphin assassins. Oh. Uh, Canada, everybody's going to say, oh, a moose or a bear. No. No, I, I, I think for Canada, it'd be some kind of squawking bird. It just fucks with your hearing, and you go, oh, fuck that. We ain't even going to listen to it. In America, let me you know what the let me tell you what the the killer animal in America would be. It's going to be a dog. Not the eagle. It's the dog. Hell, we've already started equipping dogs with guns and shit. Man, I can't imagine Bubba having a gun. Bubba would just start shooting as soon as like, he barks in his sleep. I'd get shot at night every night. I think a team of assassin sloths would be scary. <laughs> this is just too funny to claim that. That's great. Yes, these dolphins swam in our waters, and they're going to kill us. Yeah, monster losing a little credibility there. Sounds a little crazy. Uh, all right, last story of the day, and this one's a doozy, and I love it. You know why I love it? Because it just shows... It, there is some justice in this world. There's some justice because finally somebody played a stupid fucking game and they got a really stupid fucking answer. Jasmine Alinez from Houston, Texas was so excited to tell her brother Diego and Lamar that she was knocked up. Expecting a baby. Now, I guess they're, they're, they're out and about, and she asked them to close their eyes and hold out their hands before she handed them the positive pregnancy test. Okay, so she's handing over her pee stick. Okay, I, I'm seeing a problem here. Why not just hold it up, and then they open their eyes, and they can see it. But she, she, she had them hold out their hands. Things went astray. When Diego felt the test and said, hey, is this a jewel? Also known as an electronic cigarette. With his eyes shut, he pulled off the tip. That tip, yes, the tip used to pee-pee on. And put it in his mouth. (laughs) The dude put a pee stick in his mouth. Oh, my God. 
Oh, I have. Oh, I have the video. I have it. Here we go. There she is handing them out. Here, put your hand out. She's still pregnant. She's still pregnant. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know why she's doing this with her brothers. I don't think they're the potential father, no. No, no, but she put the pee-pee stick in her mouth. Man, oh, man. That's good stuff, man. What's it like to go down on your sister? <laughs> Oh, that's going to do it for me today, people. Uh, We will be back tomorrow, and tomorrow is Friday, people. Friday is here tomorrow. So until then, please remember, every room you walk in is better. Why? Because you are in there. So until tomorrow, adios, everybody. I got a bumper sticker on the back of my truck There ain't another like it cause I had it made up I can tell who's behind me They give themselves away Lay on their horn when they read this phrase Honk if you honk it's honk Don't if you don't But if you do Don't you love to Honk if you honk it's honk well, Me and Friday night go hand in hand Band, a girl on my arm that won't let go She caught my little sign about a mile ago Honk if you honk it honk Don't if you don't But if you do Don't you love to Honk if you honk it honk The other day I was cruising through town Sheriff pulled me over, I thought I had it now I rolled down my window, he said with a grin I want one of them stickers or I'm gonna run you in Honk if you honk it's honk Don't if you don't, but if you do Don't you love to honk if you honk it's honk Honk if you honk it's honk It's over. He's finished. Law enforcement is outside waiting to arrest him.